sound is. It is Saturday morning in Sydney, Nick, but let me tell you, and everyone here watching us today and listening, it feels a lot like we're in Greece right now, doesn't it? <laughs> it feels like in Greece, it smells like it. we're in Greece, we're surrounded by Greeks. <laughs> I've got to say, this background looks a little bit different to what we're normally used to. Has uh, something changed, do you reckon? What do you, what do you think? It looks, uh, looks and sounds a lot like we're outdoors for the first time. Uh, definitely, yeah. And this is, a, I actually kind of like this environment, Tom. It's, uh, it's a great place from uh, stepping out of the distillery, especially on a beautiful sunny day like today. Fresh air. I mean, you know, the, you know, the distillery started to smell a little bit strange after one season's worth of this podcast. Well, the smells are amazing here, and I'm sure we're <laughs> going to talk about what that smell is. We're here at St. George Church Rose Bay for a very special event we've got multiple spit roasts happening over there we've got meats we've got octopus hanging over the, over the fence there there are kids hanging over the fence <laughs> from next door it is unbelievable it is should we start talking about who invited us here yet or what this is i just can't well we may as well he's right here we yeah, can't ignore him too him long. honestly <laughs> uh, we invited by i guess we talk about st george greek orthodox parish and invited us here at rose bay and more importantly nick andriotakis the great nick andriotakis had invited us here nick welcome Welcome, Tasso. <laughs> Welcome, Nico. Welcome to everybody to St. George the Minor. So, Nick, just explain to us what this is. What this so, and how a very long, over a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. my grandfather's brother had a most prized possession. Can I just it's say, before you keep going, I just love when he gets into this, you know, in, into this thing. He's already deep into this trance. He's so passionate. You know why? <laughs> As soon as we walked in here, we've had sick with we've had red wine, we've had... It was 9 a.m. 9 a.m. <laughs> Sorry, keep going, Nick. <laughs> so, so, Ioannis Andriotakis, 1930. Sure. He has a great possession. Just imagine today, in your lives today, you have nothing else. You have something that creates life for you. It creates production, income, and you lose it. You're just about to lose it. So it could be your factory, could be your business, could be your farm, could be a lot of things. And you're just about to lose it. And when you're about to lose it, you become desperate. And you go back to the most traditional, most uh, heritage things you can imagine from your upbringing. So he had a cow. It, does, it might not sound like a lot of things today, but a cow was very useful back in 1930. You could plow the fields. You could pull the stumps out. You can uh, create milk, not cheese, because the feta cheese and those things were <laughs> from goats and sheep, but you could have something to eat. And um, this man, that's all he had. That's all he had. And one day he's walking with the cow. It's a hot summer's day, who knows, in 1930. And um, the cow collapses in front of him. And the guy's beside himself. My, my granduncle is beside himself. The cow collapses. He most, one of his most prized possessions. It's like your house is burnt down today. But how do you resurrect your house today? You can't. Eventually you can, but at that time you can't. So his most prized possession collapsed at the ruins of the Khalaru, the Khalasma. The ruins of St. George. St. George of the Sea, St. George 
the inebriated Aios Georgios Omethistis, November the 3rd. So that's when St. George's Temple was raised in Lydda in Palestine. Today it's the airport of Lot near um, the airport in Israel, in Tel Aviv. Wow. So you can go and visit the Temple of St. George today near the airport of Tel Aviv. Hmm. And there they raised the church of St. George, the temple, the, the relics, the Lipsana of St. George on November the 3rd. So all over Greece this is celebrated, but in Crete in particular because it coincides with the barrelizing of wine, the making of the Tsipuro, the Tsikudia, the Raki, um, it's the Rakokazana period. He's called Aios Yoris Omethistis, St. George the Inebriated. I love how there's always a connection to alcohol with you. Well, <laughs> look, it's not with me. It's our heritage and our, our customs and it's the our stories connection. that we have. 100%. And it's all there. And, um, and so this man is beside this church. This church has collapsed. It's been collapsed for 100 years, 200 years, who knows? And he's beside himself. His cow's gone. There's nothing left, right, for him. He's beside him. And he turns around and he said, in his despair, St. George, raise my cow. And I will raise your house. I will raise your temple. In great despair. Because St. George, the inebriated little church there, was all collapsed. <laughs> About half an hour later, an hour later, who knows? The cow gets up. The cow starts to rattle and move and it gets up, it gets up. And what does he do? Ioannis Andriotakis, George, John Andriotakis, the brother of George Andriotakis, he, he goes and rebuilds the church. Mm. And in those traditions, we are here today at St. George, St. George Rose Bay. In those traditions, around St. George the Inebriated, St. George of the Seed, St. George of the Temple, of Lot of Tel Aviv in Israel. Fantastic. And we are here today what to celebrate story. that with friends that and community. Moment. Fantastic. And what a day it is as well. Like, oh, look at these people here. The music's just kicked off as well. We can hear that in the background. We've got, how many surles worth of lamb have we got here? There is four or five. Tom, I was going to say, I thought this was for our farewell, but um, well, we, I'm mistaken. Actually, you know what? That's a good point. This okay. is actually the season finale of, uh, of Wuzo Talk. This is the end of our first year in production and what a year it's been could you think of a better way to, to finish it all up than something like this I mean I'm going with the idea that they're doing it for us obviously but <laughs> no. let's stick with that story classic no look what a story and what, what you, a great you, experience to be part as of as a community a part of us and we're doing it for all the community Nasa therefore we are doing it for everybody yeah. thank Absolutely. you thank you that's all thank you Nico thank oh, you look Tom I think maybe just start to explain what we're, we're seeing around us and what we're smelling as we've just said we've got about five or six souvles in, in front of us with lamb there's an Adicristo the Cretan barbecue that is right in the corner there which need the Adicristo is from Adicristo.com Grigori in Iraklio yep he's a beautiful man you may have seen him with Peter Manaus on um my Greek Odyssey. Oh, yes, we did. What recently. a great family. What a great family. Speak of the devil, he's yeah. right there in front of us here. And there right is the he. <laughs> the hammer's here. The oh, hammer's there here. he is. The there hammer's he is. Hey. Bring him here. Come uh, here. Welcome, mate. Come here. There he is. Hello, Hello. It's good We've to see you. We're just talking Bravo. about your hammer. Come here. Come here. We've got returning <laughs> guests here. Hey. <laughs> oh, no, 
my bow. I'm too heavy for you. Uh, <laughs> hey, boys, how are we? All right? We're doing well, mate. How are Excellent. You? We're just I'm talking good, about your, your Cretan episode. Yeah, well, I'm wearing black at the moment for my Cretan episode. You know, I've got the Cretan here, Michael Buttle. <laughs> Sitting on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for those who can't mate, see. Is this uncomfortable for you or what? Yeah, no, no. We're going well. Nick can't feel it. He's been drinking since 8 a.m. Talk about the rewarded. Talk about the Amamolitis brothers. That de Cristo in Crete. The de Cristo is unbelievable, boys. I just can't get over this mechanism, you know? It is. Uh, it creates a barbecue from, what is it, two and a half, three thousand years Yeah, long? yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, it's a best wheat barbecue. Are you yeah. going to do it today? Yeah, we it's are. It's in the corner. Oh, to the corner. Well, we, we've got something to look forward to, haven't we? We, we, we nearly absolutely. set the fence on fire as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just quite, yeah, yeah. Just quietly on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not live, are we, boys? No, no, we're not live. No, we can no, edit no, this. I'm not going to say fucking shit like that, can you I? Can. We're on church grounds. That's should be full. No, no. The church grounds is at that gate over there. Oh, we're okay. We're in the clear. Okay. <laughs> I was christened here. I was yeah. married here. My both my sons were uh, You're kidding. Uh, yes. Christened here as well. Yes. My know? christened my godson here too. We've got a connection. This is holy ground on many fronts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, well, look, it's good to have both no, of you, gonna, gents. Here. You, you, you sit here and talk to Nick. I'll talk to you later. No, yeah, no problem. Sure. No problem. Yeah. Look. <laughs> He won't let you up. He's not letting him go. No, no, you. No. Well, look, we've got the gun. kicking in. Hang on, let me turn around. Well, look, we've got a huge show planned for you guys, and it's uh, it's going to be a little bit different to what we usually do because it's live. Obviously, we're going to revisit a few of the highlights of season one. We're going to talk about what made the first season of Wuzo Talk so special. We may have some impromptu guests like we just did, obviously, <laughs> joining us. We might try some different meets like we've well, like we've been doing all day as well. And we'll definitely be having a bit of a drink. So on that note, do you think we should have one? Have one or have many? Have yeah. one dozen. Let's begin <laughs> our second round of drinks. Absolutely. That so we've got good. a large bottle of Plomari. We've got some Tsipuro here, boys. And um, I have a beer here <laughs> because this is a Greek-Australian event. There's plenty of wine here and oh. uh, Tsipuro and Tsipudia. And Nick's wine as well. And yeah, and, and Nick Vulgarakis is married for wine company. Fantastic. The Amphora wine here. And I have a beer. I don't normally drink beer, but this is ceremonial it's and celebratory. This is a great Greek Australian event. What an amazing journey for those that want to see. Viva! I love it. You're a Viva! Yamas! Yamas, pedia. The plomari gets better with every tasting, let me tell you. <laughs> I just had my it certainly does. Uh, uh, dear. The beer is beautiful. From my great friend Theo Damianakis at the Warren View Hotel in Enmore. Local beers, local community, Theo and Tanya Damianakis. And it's important to mention that a lot of this stuff, or the vast majority of this stuff, is donated, isn't it? This is this is really, really a community event. Yeah. This is a community event. And it all goes uh, back to the church. Paris Hospitality, George Confos and Jagger, myself, and the time. The most important thing in life is time. Mm. Not material possessions. Yeah. So to give your time, that's more precious than anything because you cannot buy that. Absolutely. Definitely. I'm struggling to think of another event that might even resemble this anywhere else in Australia. Like we do try to do things like Panigiria and all that sort of thing. Yeah. This feels a little bit different though. It's not really vendors. This is everyone in together. This is really a community thing. It is. It is. And um, friends are friends are friends. Mm. So it's about philotimophilia and sevasmos. Everybody you see here today, I don't know, there might be 200, there might be 400, who knows? Yeah. But it doesn't matter about the numbers. Mm. What is important is the energy, the mm. vibe. 
and what an energy it is today. It's a great energy. Yeah. But Nick, I think you said we're going back to our traditional roots. We like are. You said hunters, so, uh, fathers yeah, and sons, yeah. hunters so, and celebration. Bravo. So uh, today, and a lot of the barbecues we do is a celebration of the hunt. So, so for whatever reason, referring to going hunt, and hunting yeah, for yeah, game. Yeah, that's and right, and that's and that's finished. Obviously, in the urban, in the in the. Uh, in the industrial, post-industrial awesome. period. They call it kinigi now, don't they? Kinigi, the hunt. Mm-hmm. But uh, the hunt has already been done. Mm-hmm. But we're celebrating the post-hunt period. Right. And that's where we are today in friendship, in camaraderie, in filotimo and filia. And that's what everybody's here. And we have uh, the great barbecue from um, Crete, the Anticristo. We have the Tripoli lambs. We have a goat, a pig, we have a couple of lambs from Tripoli, and um, and Bill and um, Paul Nicholas Trachanas will talk about that later. Sure. And um, and that's the um, the thing we're celebrating here today: Brilliant. the origins and the places and the heritage of Greece, and more importantly, our human connections. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we're going back to our community roots. So we're in a yeah. Western civilization. We're all yeah. busy. We're all with our phones. Yes. However, we're going back to what. How yeah. cooking food was done yeah. thousands of thousands That's right. of years so ago. The aim and the goals here uh, to have a gas-free zone. We only use wood, charcoal, barbecue. Everything you see here today has no gas. It's just from wood. We'll try and get it as close as we can to thousands of years, hundreds of years, who knows. You know what I love most about it, Nick? You've got the young generation coming through. There's a couple of young yeah. kids out there. Yeah, well, it's well. fathers, kids and mates. Definitely. That's what it is. Yeah, we're showing the next generation yeah. of what our yeah. great-grandparents... Yeah. And, and you know what? And that's That's been the risk over the last generations or the last few decades. You go to a lot of these Greek events and you can see the population aging. Yeah. You go to Greek events now and there's a lot of young people there. It must be really inspiring for you yeah. to see, Nick. It is. It is. And, and, and uh, Dr. Peter Alexakis, he's got the hanging octopus mm. that's going on charcoals. Yeah. We'll have to bring him on you know, because and, um, um, absolutely. He, he did explain how he made all that and what he did. And of course. And um, we cut the meat. Life. We have a slab of marble from Nero Marble. Beautiful. I know I'm dropping a few businesses here. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, go for it. But they're my friends. They're, they're all friends. Definitely. All of and, these um, people are making this event and, possible. And Nero uh, Marble bring in Greek stone mm-hmm. and we cut the meat on Greek earth. It's part of the heritage, part of just the tiniest thing we can, um, like a thread, we just hang on to. Yeah. Unbelievable. And look, you spoke about Philotimo just before. The Philotimo that you've shown to this show is unbelievable. And we're so grateful that you've been part of this first season in such a big way, Nick. I think you've been mentioned on virtually every episode since you came on. You've been on a few episodes, Greek Wines, World War II. You're on this one now. Obviously, you had a good time because you invited us to this event. What has Uzo Talk meant for you now that we're at the end of the first season? That's right, Nick. Uzo Talk's been an amazing thing. It's been able to connect people from all over the world, whether they're Greeks or they're non-Greeks. That's not the point. The point is connecting people of a like-minded spirit, of a like-minded ethos. And I think that's where, where your listeners come from. So it doesn't have to be Greek. We are all Greeks. Yes. But we're also all humans too. And what connects us beyond the countries that we come from, what connects us to the human spirit. And that's what I think Uzo Talk picks up. It picks up that essence and it can reach out to a lot of people. And I congratulate both you, Tom, and Nick mm. for bringing this together. Beautiful. And the many guests you've had along the way. Yeah. There's been some amazing people. Absolutely. Amazing individuals 
in their field, in their field, and the field of human endeavour is a massive rainbow. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, well, yeah. Let me ask you, I mean, because, you know, obviously you listen to the podcast. Have you had any highlights personally? What, what's really resonated with you? You can pick your own episode, mind you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's some of my favourite, Nick. You can yeah. pick it. No, no, there, there, there are some highlights there. I think Captain John Stavridis. Mm. Absolutely. Right. Captain John Stavridis, the most unassuming, most humble person that I know. Yeah. Yet, what an amazing wildfire. Harnessed, controlled and measured. But tap it, and what a wellspring. Yeah. What a wellspring. This is an amazing Australian. I think it's a massive highlight. Mm. I think Peter Manaeus. Yeah. Now, obviously, disclaimer here, Peter Manaeus is Michael Barrow, but beyond that, who had this vision to visit every inhabited island of Greece? Yeah. He did. And Helen, his wife, that he mentions many times, but without Helen, there's no Peter. Yeah. These are in, you, you can't deconstruct all this. Yeah. These are all one and whole. So Peter Manaeus, what an amazing journey. Yeah. What an amazing journey he's given to many people. I mean, look, one day we were going to Wollongong, we're coming back on the freeway. I was with Peter and Terry, my brother, and we stopped to buy some fruit, you know, at a store on the side of the expressway there. And we stopped the car, we got out, we started, and straight away there was a commotion. The car in front of us, they saw Peter and they go, my God, it's Peter Manaus. <laughs> they were excited. Yeah. How is it to be like a child? How is it to be like a child once again to be excited? Yeah. Mm. That's what Peter Manaus does in a lot of people through his contribution, massive contribution, my Greek yeah. Odyssey. He's given this great happiness, this great experience mm. to people to be children again. Yeah. To excite in the most amazing things they once remembered or they've discovered through it. Yeah. And he's even mentioned as well, you know, when, when they're filming, particularly after the first few seasons were released, going back to Greece and having people recognize him and his crew overseas. Yeah. All of them want to talk to him. Yeah. All of them want to have a drink with him, have a cafe or they something do. like that. They do. They're all inspired. They are, absolutely. And straight away when they saw him, he, he went straight to them and talked to them like they were his next door neighbors. Yeah. That's Peter. And we can vouch for that. He came and yeah. talked to us like we're, yeah. we're yeah. related. Of course. And Walk I think to our home, same. And I think, Nick, you, you mentioned the other day, because we, you know, we had Mark Burris on the show a few weeks ago. It's interesting to see how many people have walked through that door, sat at that table in front of that microphone, and how comfortable they all feel and how connected we all feel. Everyone, whether they are multi-squillionaires or unbelievable artists or whatever the hell they are, they're Greeks and they're people just like yeah. just like us. Absolutely. And, and we all enjoy a drink and we're all yeah. connected by our Greek heritage. Yeah, we are. That's a very good message, Tom. Because at the end of the day, everything's a byproduct of who you are. It goes back to your, and your you, core values and who we are. Your core essence, your philosophy, your ethos. They're the most important things. And that connects a lot of people, regardless if, if they're Greeks or non-Greeks. That's... It's the ethos, the essence, the existence of the human condition. Mm. So all that's a, like a extra, you know, the, the money you've made, the performances you've done, that's all just like a byproduct of actually who the, you really these are. Things, these things are for the material world, yeah. not for the spiritual world. Exactly. They don't cover culture, they don't cover heritage, 
Yeah. They, get, they don't get to the essence of what it is to be a human. The material world gets to the essence of uh, catering for the animal. Yeah. We are, after all, half animals and half gods. So we have to cater for the animal, but we also have to cater for the god and the spirit and the essence of who we are. Yeah, what a message. Well, look, Nick, this is all your event. I mean, obviously created with a, with a lot of great friends and a lot of great people, but look, we're going to let you go for a few minutes, but we're going to kind of hold on to you in your capacity as our de facto producer. So Nick and I are going to have a, have a chat about the first season. Go out, be with your mates, and bring us some people back to, to talk to about these meets. Thank you, Dasho. But I'm just a lightning rod to attract the lightning. The lightning are all the people you see here today. That is the spirit. Yeah. It's everybody that's here today and the, and all the guests you've been that's been on Uzo Talk. Yeah. That's the energy. Yeah. The lightning rods, you know why they that's throw them away in a landfill. Nick, Don't worry about that. You're the connector. <laughs> you bring us all together. That's what it hey, is. That Absolutely. goes to landfill one day. No, no, not anymore. Spirit doesn't. <laughs> Bravo, Nico. Nick, go, you, on, go and be with your friends, right. mate. Nasakala. Welcome here. Welcome to St. George Rose Bay. Nasakala, you, mate. Bring us some people Thanks back. Good stuff. Well, Nikathanasiu, mate, this has been a huge first year for the podcast, hasn't it? Where do we even begin? Let's go back to the beginning. How did we get to this point? Where did this start? Let's remind ourselves. Did it all start me walking out of a, a men's toilet at... QCB7. <laughs> QCB6, I think QCB6, or Qantas head office at Mascot. Absolutely. And I saw this amazing flag. I thought, wow, what country is that? It looked, looked like it had some sort of a connection to it, but yeah. I didn't know what it was. And then went up to you and I said, Tom, uh, sorry, what, what flag is this? He said, oh, it's a Corfu flag. And I said, are you Greek? Yeah. And he said, yes. And that was it. Yeah. As soon as you said yes, Best mates. connected. Family. Straight away. I think I sat on your desk. We talked footy, we talked everything, and I thought, shit, we better get back to work here. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> I wonder how much time actually did pass. I'm not sure. It felt like it was nothing, but yeah. we just had that connection, that common interest. Yeah. Those stories started to come out. The Greekness, again. From there, obviously, we had the lockdown not long after that, and well, a few years after that, if we're honest, but you know. Well, it got formalised then, didn't it? So once uh, Sydney went into lockdown, we were all at home, we were allowed an hour out a day, we sort of formalised our chat. We said, oh, every day we're going to meet up at this coffee shop, grab our coffee, walk up and down Brighton Beach, and then talk. Yeah. And everything we talked about was everything about our heritage, our history, our culture, our philosophy. That's how and it all started, from nothing. That's right, walking up and down Brighton Beach, and you know, here we, here we are. I, I remember at the beginning us talking about, look, it'd be good if we could get a few episodes, maybe we'll get to 10. Here we are, we're just shy of 30 now. We're at the end of season one. Well, well it took a while, didn't it? You had to, yeah. It's a lot of convincing for me, because you're, you know, you're obviously the, you're the journalist behind all this, and you're a natural, <laughs> and you took a, I need a bit of convincing, and... Once we did our first two episodes, I thought, you know what, I'm actually enjoying this. Well, the interesting thing was, it was all about just getting it going. You know what I mean? It was just a case of, well, let's just try it, and whatever happens, happens. If it, yeah. if it doesn't work, we don't put it out. Yeah. And after that first episode, which is called Meet the Boys, if you haven't heard it, you know, go back in there and take a listen. Yeah, we'll probably, you'll probably cringe listen, listening back to it. I think we've improved a little bit since then. <laughs> I still cringe, mate. I can't listen to my own voice. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I listen to it a lot, quite a lot. Oh, we're, we're getting, we're being photographed. Hello, hello. How are you, mate? Good stuff. Live on Insta. Oh, oh good stuff, mate. Thank you. Hello. Live on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> See, mate, we, you know, we, we weren't even thought of a year ago. Now we're live on Insta with someone else. So who would have thought that humble beginning, that first Meet the Boys episode, we are now sitting in a back out of the church. We've got four lambs on the spit. Uh, mind you, they're being turned manually in a traditional way. Yeah. We've got about six or seven types of barbecues. There's people everywhere. Yep. They're, uh, they're giving us shots of tickle the art. They're coming up, they're shaking our hands, they're taking photos of us. Who would have thought a year ago? Yeah, I, I mean, just, just being just being offered a free drink in some respects would, would have been enough. But we've said that word community a number of times today already. This really feels like family to some degree because the second that we walked in, it was a case of here's a shot of Tsipuro, here's some food, let's go. And we actually struggled to set up, didn't we? <laughs> because we, we were Definitely. just being bombarded. Oh, the, the philodimogen kicked in. You know? we, we couldn't eat enough. We had barbecue meats, we had um, cheeses and bitter bread and Sikudiar and Uzo from what, 8, 9 in the morning. Yeah. We couldn't get enough of it. We are full. We couldn't even set up, like you said. Breakfast of champions. Yeah. It's just so hospitable, all these people around us. And yeah. they love what we're doing. And what we're doing, we're just not even promoting our culture. We're just talking about it. Absolutely. We don't even need to promote it. We're just saying what we do and this is how we act and behave and so forth. Yeah. In your opinion, what's been your best episode? Oh, look, it's really hard to pick. Yamas. Yamas. Yamas, boys. How are, you, How are you, mate? Just want to say hello. How are good you? Stuff, good stuff, mate. My name's George Mavrikadaris. G'day, George. Welcome, George. Yeah, no, good on you, mate. Good, good, We're going to call good you, on you in. mate. Oh, oh, mate, well, halloumi, oh my god. You, you, you can you can jump in there. I'm okay for the moment. Fantastic. But see, this is absolutely. Okay, you're the you're Alexagus the octopus guy, aren't you? Okay, we're going to get you on. I want to know how you did that octopus. It looks great. It tastes even better. So. Don't go too far away. We're going to drag you in. Yeah, okay, we've got a seat ready for you. I've got official octopus duty at the moment, but I will spare a moment for you guys. Beautiful. We'll get Nick to grab you. Don't worry. <laughs> See, this is the, the spirit of the day. Everyone's just coming in. Everyone feels really comfortable. We might be recording, but, mate, that doesn't matter. This is all family. What do we care? How good is halloumi? It looks bloody good, let me tell you. Okay, favourite episode. Look, really tough one, Tom. It's like trying to pick your favourite child sometimes. Mm. I I had a connection with every episode. Look, a couple of things out of some of those episodes really stick to mind. The Stavridis one, when he mentioned James Stavridis, what it it did, defining a Greek. What does it mean to be a Greek? And he said those three things that really stuck in my mind, you know. Greeks are optimistic. If you're optimistic, uh, we know things will get better. You've got that philoxenia, love of a stranger, and love of learning. Yeah those three things that really stuck in me I don't know why yeah and that, that sort of defines a group because I think through many of our episodes it's like a we're searching who we are what we're all about what's the meaning of life but those things really stuck out and it's all with the Greek episode that was another one I had a maybe I drank too much in that episode but <laughs> you mean in every episode we did okay maybe everyone then <laughs> yeah look that was a great one as well we talked about you know the meaning of freedom and uh, the balance between harmony and you know, the passion and what, what it's like to be alive. And, and um, we talked about life of Zorba and is that the true meaning of it? I don't know. I'm rambling on a bit here, but the Zorba one definitely. Mary Kustas, her amazing story. 
Peter Manet is having him in. Oh, he's our mate. How are you? There's too many to choose, Tom. Yeah. Um, even the Bazooki one, I loved it. Yeah. As you know, I'm, I'm very intriguing. I love asking a lot of questions. But look, question for you as well is your favourite. I'm sure you had a couple. Well, you've cheated because you've you've mentioned half the catalogue there. So <laughs> I'm I'm going to try to stick to one. Mm-hmm. And this this one's a bit of an outlier mm-hmm. in all of the uh, mm-hmm. in all of the episodes, but. The episode with Thanasi Polikandriotiu. Mm, okay. And the reason why I say that is because we very nearly didn't do it. Mm. And the reason why we nearly didn't do it was because we had to do it entirely in Greek, which was a challenge for both of us. Mm-hmm. But look, in the spirit of what we're doing here, we I feel as though we rose to the challenge. And we just gave it a go, thought, look, let's try it. You don't get many opportunities to talk to someone like that during the course of normal operation, let's say. Mm. To be able to sit in a room like that, I remember saying to you after that episode, yeah. always remember you had a Buzuki legend sit in your living room playing you the songs that he's written, that he has played with some of the greatest legends to ever grace Greek music. It was probably the most challenging episode, like I said, but what a result and what a you know what an honor it was to be in the same room as him. That would probably be my one, I would say. You carry that episode. Your Greek is impeccable. <laughs> Uh, you're too kind, but no, you did. You did. You carried that episode. I couldn't say half the things you were saying. But look, I enjoyed the, the, when he started playing afterwards. How good yeah. was that? And, that was just and, unbelievable. And I can tell he really enjoyed. He didn't want to leave. Yeah, he was. He was meant to be somewhere that night. Yeah, he had another his driver, event. his mind, or his manager, whatever he was. It was the tour manager. Tour manager. He goes, we got to go. And he goes, no, I'm having a good time. One other, another shot at Tipro. Yeah, I want to play another song. And he was playing music for us. Yeah, it's a legend of Greek bazooki, Greek music, playing bazooki in our house. He didn't want to leave, enjoying enjoying our company. And he even said, I don't know what this is, I don't know what this podcasting thing is, but, you know, I'll I'll learn. And by the end of it, mate, he was uh, very comfortable, number one. (laughs) But also, he felt comfortable enough to get the bazooki out, us mic him up really quickly, and have him do an impromptu performance. That I mean, this is a person who played with Kazadzidi, Strato Dionisiu, Marinella, these are all absolute legends of Greek music. And he sat in your living room Mm. and he played some of these songs. It is unbelievable. Yeah. I can see how moving that is, you being a muser. So I'm not really a muser. Yeah. Even for me, he did move me. And as you say, I'm the lover of learning as well. And um, uh, look, it was fascinating. And I'm glad you enjoyed it as well. That was good. I saw you got a lot of out of it because afterwards you were were mentally drained, I remember. As soon as we took a lot out of you're, me. You're fucked. <laughs> so to speak. To put it lightly. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Look, we've had many. Uh, look, Zorba the Greek definitely for me was up there. Look, World War Two, I can't pick them. I had, I had yeah, all look, of them all of them touched me in a different way. You're right. I mean all of those episodes. Yeah. All of those episodes brought something out. Something yeah. out of it. Particularly that Zorba episode as well. Yeah. To have I think it tapped into our emo- every episode taps into our emotions. Yeah. In a good way. 100%. But to have someone like Vrasida, Professor Vrasida Skaralis from Sydney Uni, mm-hmm. who is, number one, an expert on Greek film, mm-hmm. an expert on film in general, but then to have George Ellis, who is a most definitely an expert on Mikis Nodorakis and his music, there's probably no one better in the world who knows his catalogue mm-hmm. and the way his mind worked than yeah. George Ellis. Yeah. And we had both of them sitting there talking about the book, the film, and the music. Yeah, and the dance. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the way they described the, the Zorba the Dance? It was yeah. like a very slow pace, but ends up in this orgasmic freight train. Yeah. 
that's how drinks are like. Yeah. We're nice and calm. All of a sudden, we have like orgasms. A, yeah, we have <laughs> orgasms. We're like a freight train. Get out of our way. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, look, it's, you're right, though. It's hard to pick one episode. Yeah. The only reason why I picked that Thaimasi episode was because yeah. I grew up listening to music like that. Yeah. You know, being picked up by my, by my papu, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from school and you know, taking yeah. my out of work directly after school. Yeah. And he would always have these cassettes on in the car listening to, to, to this music. Yeah. And it was him playing it. And mm. all of a sudden, here he is in front of us on our yeah. show. Yeah. You just, you know, the mind boggles to think that we, you know, that we were in such a blessed position. Yeah, definitely. No, look, that's, that's a great analogy, mate. Fantastic. Oh, one of the lambs has come off. Beautiful. Oh, fantastic. Oh, so okay, it's, we're it's about to be butchered. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to get hacked. We're getting the thumbs up all around. You know what I like about this place? What? There's not one fork in sight. Yes. Everything's Everyone's by hand. missing with fingers. Everyone's holding a drink. There's no tables and chairs. No one's sitting down. We're all hanging around. What happens if the meat falls? Is there a five-second rule? Have a seat there, mate. Let's hang on. Let's turn the mic the microphone on. Oh, Opa. Opa. What, what's your name again, mate? Uh, my name's Sandy. G'day, Sandy. Sandy Constantopoulos. Great day to be here. Everything's happening here. I think anyone who is in here is missing out. The atmosphere, the weather's great. I think God's given us a fantastic day today. Oh, it's great. And it's day. absolutely great to have Uza Talk here today with us. Um, Thank you, you know, so much, mate. Magnificent as always. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, magnificent. Where, where's your background from? So, my, grand, my background, I'm, uh, I'm from Simi. Okay. Um, the Veganista, right? Yeah. So, um, I've been sort of, uh, you know, in the Greek community for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. I've been performing in the Greek community for quite a while. Really? What, yeah, as vocalist. Oh, really? Yeah, Very so good. In the band I performed. Um, no, I actually performed with the um, the Archdiocese um, for the Archdiocese in uh, in Sydney Town Hall. Mm-hmm. As part of uh, the choir. Just, yeah, Was part it? of uh, yeah, right. Octo- uh, March twenty fifth uh, this year. Mm-hmm. I performed at the um, at the Sydney Town Hall with nice. uh, you know hundred so piece orchestra. Is that the Hellenic Choir of Australia? Yeah, that was for the Hellenic Choir. Yeah, beautiful. In, in Archdiocese Choir and all that sort of stuff. Sorry, yes, are, uh, you, are you a singer? How did you I'm, I'm a vocalist, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm a vocalist. I've been performing for, you know, 20 years up and on, you know. Um, Good on you. And you're so, performing um, hymns? I was performing um, some operatic pieces from uh, Themis Mexis, um, who's a great composer, of, um, you know, of, of our, of the Greek community in Sydney and also a, from Rhodes, you know. Can you give us a few bars or? Um, <laughs> you know what, it's, it's funny you should say that, but... Um, Fantastic. Wow, so there you go. that was brilliant. Yeah, just something really short. Okay, let, guys, me, you know? let me ask you, just, you something silly. Someone from yeah. the crowd, we just handpicked, come over, yep. sit down, look at yep. that. <laughs> let me ask you something silly yep. because, you know, that reminds me of uh, a little bit of the chanting that we hear in the church. Right. Do you do any, any of so that? My grandfather was a Byzantium chanter. Yeah, right. And a teacher Psalty of Byzantium, yeah, Psalty in Simi, in Dodekanisa, wow. right? So... Obviously, you know when they say the um, you know the lemon doesn't fall too yeah. far from the lemon tree. <laughs> well, you can pretty much say I get it from my grandfather. You know, yes, um, my, oh, my dad was a, my dad was a singer. Um, sure. My daughter uh, was in top three in X Factor oh, in really? Australia. Kitty, what yeah. was her name? Uh, Sophia, Sophia Constantinopoulos. She was part of Three Wishes okay. in X Factor. 
So top three next yeah, factor. Yeah, what, top what three season? next factor. Um, it was quite a while ago with Johnny Ruffo and um, and all the clan, you know. So Fantastic. yeah, so you know, um, I mean, look, the boys here that are performing today are absolutely brilliant. A great band, good music. They are very um, good. Look, it's it's a good vibe, you know, and 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 you guys being here, I think, just accelerates that thing to show the people outside that hey. We're, we're on a good thing here, you know, the Greek community is connecting, friends, um, you know, it happens every year and it, and it's always successful, it's, there's never a down, there's never a down thing to this, you know. And, um, and why would there be? I no, mean, no, honestly, I mean, look, this I is... mean, the weather, the food, everyone having a go at turning the, you know, the lamb yeah. with spit, you know. Well, let's talk about that for a second because we yeah. haven't mentioned it. Yeah. All of these lambs, Nick, they're being, they're being turned by hand the way that it was done in the Horiot. You know, Correct. years ago, this they didn't have twelve volt. They didn't have twelve volt power, yeah. then, right? And then you got these poor buggers here turning them for you know for five six hours. Yeah. You know, but then they obviously you know turn around. Oh, can you come and give us a hand? Can yeah. you turn it for a little while? You know, I think it's just the the, tradi- the tradition. It is. Yeah, that's absolutely. what I love. It's the tradition coming back again, and they're all young, all the youngish kids doing yeah. it all. It's not the elderly doing it. You yeah. Know, yeah. It's a, yeah. 100%. So the next generation of kids, they're going to be doing this sort of bunny media movement. Oh, forward. for sure. For so, sure, for sure, uh, yeah. Love it, fantastic. So these bits of lamb, I think, were organised by the, what's his name, the guy from Tripoli? Bill Nicholas? Oh, Bill Nicholas, yeah, yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, done yeah. them in the tip, traditional Tripoli way. Correct, yeah. So, so you've got the pretty much the, the roosters and everything. Everything's pretty well done. Like even the octopus is laid up against the... Um, the fence there yeah and what the octopus so they obviously smother it with pepper yeah to get the flies away yeah and then once it's dried out with the sun then we'll put them on the scudder you know what's interesting now that i think about it when you look around this yard here it's taking you to different parts of greece so if you look at the octopus that looks a lot like Dalimno, for example 100 percent. in the corner there yeah. we've got Christo. that's creed then you've got the lamb here. I mean, I mean that that could be many different different areas, but you know it reminds you primarily of sort of mainland Greece, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. And we've got a pig on the spit out the front. Yes, correct. And we've got a go- is there a goat somewhere? There's a goat there's a here goat as well. Here. Yeah, there's a goat there over there. And then you've got the godosuli at the front with the liver and the and the intestines. Oh, the right. Yeah, the godosuli, right? How good was so, that? So you know, I mean, it's everything is. I think it brings all the islands together. Absolutely. You know, and it gives you a little bit of broad, uh, just a segment of, of what everyone offers, yeah. you know, well, from all different islands. Let me ask a question because, Nick, you had your first bit of Kokoretsi just earlier. I've been spooking the positives of this particular piece of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> piece of culinary exquisiteness. What did you think of it? Nick, be I, honest. I asked the guy, you I, said, be honest. I said, do not tell me what's in it, and I tasted it, and it was really good. It's fantastic. It was fantastic. So do you know what's in it? No, I don't want to know. I know. Can, I, can I explain to you what's in it? <laughs> you might as well. I'm going to give it to you now. straight, right? So, there's a bit of everything in it. There's liver, intestines, kidneys. What um, Hearts. And a lamb. Lamb. Right? It's wrapped around intestines, nightly tight and everything, yeah. and just sits over charcoal. Yeah. But it's magnificent. And obviously, you've tasted it, you've yeah. enjoyed it, correct? Definitely. Yeah. The well, herbs that we put on it, the lemon Fantastic. juice, oregano, yeah. the, the char grill of a barbecue. Yeah. It's yeah, all in the cleaning. It's good. It is. It is all in the cleaning because if you 100%. don't clean yeah. the adero, the, the intestine, 100%. and yeah. turn it inside he spent out. Hours, he spent hours cleaning it to, to actually cook it. Were you here last night when they were, do, when they were doing it? I wasn't here, no. Yeah, wasn't right. Here. Yeah. Well, look, the, I mean, the, the whole secret to that 
is yeah, turning it inside out, washing yeah. it with lemon or vinegar in some instances. If you don't do that, you get that sort of vaguely poop shoot type of a uh, <laughs> type of flavour. But you didn't get any in that. Well, no, I certainly no, didn't. It's great, like a typical char grill piece of barbecue meat. Yep, that was that absolutely masterful. Taste. It was. It genuinely was yeah. fantastic. And, and it's funny you say that because you said there was there was heart and liver and all that. It didn't taste like if you taste lamb, it tastes like lamb. This had different flavours and tastes to my, it. My daughter says it blatantly. She goes, "Barnyard." Yeah, doesn't taste like barnyard, Dad. Yeah, and I'm like, and I said, <laughs> right. "It didn't taste like barnyard." You're know? right because of the yeah. herbs and spices they're putting it. You yeah. don't get that horrible taste of um, you know barnyard in it. You know, and it's yeah. quite nice. Yeah, know? beautiful. Yeah, no, look, I'm definitely up for it. Yeah, I'm a traditionally meat eater, but yeah. um, <laughs> I'm slowly turning. Yeah, now that you've mentioned it, I guess I'm old enough to turn a blind eye of what I've eaten. There's nothing like a bit of offal, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think I used to be mentally scarred as a kid, you know. Well, I'm... With a bazaar and all that stuff. Yeah, but you know what, I think that's pretty much the... the When I was in Thessaloniki not very long ago, you know, someone said to me, let's go for bazaar, and this is the guy that lives in Thessaloniki. We went and had bazaar, and I didn't really like it. It was like 4 a.m. in the morning, I didn't really like it. Had you come from the bazooka? I did. Right, it was like after, that, yeah. after that, it tastes awesome. Hammered, right? and, he, and the guy said to me, he goes, um, he goes, mate, he goes, do you like this? And I said, I'll go, not really. He goes, have you had this before? He goes, no, I haven't had it. And he lives in the salon. Yeah. And I said, what did you bring me here? He goes, because I thought you wanted Batai. And I said, well, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly what I expected, you know. But in saying that, a couple of nights after that, after drinking a little bit more, but that didn't taste too bad. And you right. probably you probably found yourself thinking, actually, that would that would go down pretty well right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so here in Australia, we go to McDonald's for a hangover cure, well, but correct. here we go for butter. Correct. Yeah, well, exactly. Actually, it's probably important to mention for those who maybe don't know what butter <laughs> is. It's basically tripe soup. It is. Well, well tripe, that's what it is. Tripe soup, yeah. Yeah, there's... Because yeah. Yeah. there's mahirita as well, which is slightly yeah. different. Completely different. This is a... Uh, okay. This is... The pate is far more gelatinous. The, the tripe is the actual stomach lining. Correct. And everything, so it's it's a different taste. Yeah, totally. Oh, well. You know? <laughs> Mate, after a thousand beers and uh, a few bottles of vodka and <laughs> buzukia. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's bound to taste good. So exactly the lining right. of the stomach realigns your stomach. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, that, exactly. well, that's what it's all about, yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's what it's all about, yeah. Oh, bravo. Well, mate, thank you very much for no, joining thank us. Thank you very much yeah, for having me you, on, mate. guys. I really Definitely, appreciate mate. it. It was uh, fantastic. Well, we'll see, we'll see you around while we're... Yeah, 100%. While, while we all the best holds. to you guys, and Definitely. God bless you all. Thank you, mate. Nasek, okay, I love it. Good on you. Good to see you. Nice we'll have you. a drink later. Bye-bye. Good stuff. Bye. How good's that, Nick? Mate, fantastic. people, you know, there's such great people here today. So many people just come in. Who would it Singer, choir singer. Yeah, everyone's got their talent. Yeah. that's a thing. And we even got a few bars. How good was it? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, look, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier. I sure. mean, let's talk about some of the interviews. Mm-hmm. Which interview has stood out for for you the most? Maybe I'll, I'll start off this time because yeah. I just feel as though the, the discussion with well, let, let's talk about two for me. Mm-hmm. The discussion with Angelo Tarukas. One of the funniest discussions I think I've ever had with someone, and it just happened so naturally. We'd met probably, what, 20 minutes before we started recording. We instantly felt the connection, and before before long, we were pissing ourselves laughing and drinking. We had we had uzo, we had sipuro, we had beer. We, it was just insane, wasn't it? It was. I can't believe you gave him VB to drink. <laughs> you, pull, you pulled that out of nowhere. Yeah. 
good old traditional Australian beer we had yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Very hoppy. And he drank it. Didn't flinch. He thought it was all right. Yeah, he did, he did. But look, I, I can't agree with you more. It was one of the funniest episodes, or funniest times I've ever had in my life. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is so... He couldn't... He said one word, we just start laughing. Yeah. So okay, and we just start laughing. I don't know why. That's how he got us yeah. at the end. And, and the gold of finding out that he was a travel agent leading into that discussion about Olympic Airways, the original yeah. Olympic Airways, that is. Yeah. The video that we put up on YouTube about that, as we, as we speak, I think is about to crack 13,000 views mm-hmm. just by itself. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean we've, got, we've got to do an episode on Olympic, don't we? <laughs> I think we have to. So as soon as that uh, YouTube clip came out, we had all the stories. And yeah. Everyone had, oh, I remember when I was an Olympic, I did this and this happened. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, you're right. That was the big thing. Everyone started sending us their stories. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was, he was fantastic. Look, I can't agree with you more. Angelo Sotokos is a legend. Yeah. And um, even afterwards, we went to, had a coffee afterwards. It was like we should have just kept on recording. Yeah, we should have. He's, he's just naturally like that. That's yeah. how he naturally talks. Absolutely. And then we went out one night as well with him. We had a couple cigars I think grab a wine yep he's just a naturally funny guy and I just couldn't stop laughing even though I just looked at him I just started laughing yeah and we had that connection with him as well he invited us into the green room before his performance in Sydney that's right so in the green room <laughs> yeah before this huge performance yeah there's Angelo sitting there on his phone, you know, just, you know, trying to relax. And then there's us two clowns sitting there doing, <laughs> doing Instagram posts and, and, and whatever, saying, yeah. look where we fucking ended up. Yeah, classy. <laughs> oh, dear, nah, it was good look, fun. Yeah, definitely. It was very, uh, very touching as well. Maybe a question for you. Who yeah. was, uh, who were you in most awe of when you Ooh. saw them? So when you first saw them, you wow, oh my God, I can't believe you see That's a good question because I think... Oh, hard because you know people like Mary, like Mary Kustis and George Capanaris I grew up watching so there was the the star factor there that it was like oh my god these are the people that I grew up watching and that right you know that they're sitting here with us now and we're having a discussion there's that side of it but then there's also Eleni Zahos for example the humanitarian nurse who just I mean what an unbelievable story for her to be putting herself in harm's way often and paying for the privilege I mean, what, what an inspirational story that is, you know. Well, she told a good story. It felt like we're in her shoes. It felt like we were yeah. there in Ukraine with her. Yeah. You know, the, the, the way she told the story, like, oh, shit, what's behind the corner here? Like, it's, it felt like we're there. Yeah. I, I did feel the, the anxiety and the anxiousness and yeah. the adrenaline as she told the story. Yeah. yeah good call. Absolutely. And look, so, you know, Eleni was a huge one for me personally, but also, more recently, Mark Burris. Mark was probably one of the most inspiring people that we've had on the show as far as I'm concerned and the reason why is because he made us think about a lot of things think about the way we approach a lot of things in our life the way we approach our work the way we approach business the way we the way we approach this podcast it was just an inspiring discussion so you know I'm I've always been in awe of Mark Burris you know and uh, even more so after that episode. I think you probably felt the same way. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it was. Well, as soon as I first saw him walk down the corridor, holy crap, this is Mark Burris. <laughs> the guy from, was it The Apprentice? Yeah. Where he kept on firing everyone. Yeah. <laughs> which, mind you, I wanted him to fire you in our episode, but we never Why got didn't you remember that, mate? I know. I had it written down. I said, Mark, please fire Tom. <laughs> Come on. But I forgot to mention it. Yeah. <laughs> that conversation just went on a different angle. That's yeah. it. It's very organic, you know? 
we, we, we try to plan what we want to say, but it never, we never get there, do we? No, we don't. Yeah. We don't, because because better things just pop up in that's the right. course of conversation. And that's part of the reason why we do what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Because the second that you sit down and start having these conversations, there's gold coming from somewhere, that's isn't right. there? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's better not to prep. Yeah, that's right. Along with it. Yeah. But look, he was very inspirational. Yeah. Successful human, came in, sat down, and it didn't take long. He yeah. was like one of the boys. Yeah. Uh, we could have a normal conversation. He felt like he belonged with us in, in, in the house and so forth. We felt like we had that connection. And with most of our uh, guests as well. But he was probably the most inspirational I had as well. Like yeah. I said, I learned a lot from him. What he said, what he's done, uh, some of his philosophies as well. Yeah, definitely. And look, but I, but I see this as well. He was quite influential with the way I approach life and the way I think now as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and can't forget Nick, Nick Andriotakis as well. He's another one. Just his passion for what he does in the Greek community and how he does, how he goes about it as well. He's got a lot of philosophical sayings. Oh, I love all that shit. Yeah. Well, I think the, the key thing is that you need the Nick Andriotakis of the world. I mean, you need every, you know, everyone here plays some kind of role in this community. And this is a, you know, looking around here, it's kind of a who's who of the Greek Australian community here in Sydney. Everyone plays their plays their role here. For Nick, he brings people together like this. He's been able to provide a lot of value in terms of telling his stories to us and telling other people's stories, including during the World War II episode. You know, we, we heard the stories about uh, Reginald Saunders, for example, one of the first Indigenous Australians to serve yeah. in the Australian Army. Uh, Nick, Nick's yelling in the corner there. <laughs> he's, he's, over, he's standing over the Adikari store. <laughs> he's the best. Oh, dear. It's just like a family barbecue, isn't it? Exactly. How, it's so Cretan. Yeah. We literally walked in. We had that, that tray with yeah. shots of Sikudia. Yeah. And he wouldn't let us walk past till we had one. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I was half expecting him to have the padelona on today. You know, the you know the, the, the beads. The beads on yeah. his head, you know. Yeah. And the tadakriatu... Uh, what was it called? We'll ask, we'll ask him later. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> was, we'll grab him. I was half expecting him to show up like that. Yeah, classic. <laughs> I can't stop looking at these lamb on the spits. And I want to get, is it Bill? Is he the guy from Tripoli? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, we're going we're gonna to start getting some people in to talk about some of these meats because, I mean, yep. we've, we've, we've tried some of it. And we're, you know, I dare say we're going to try a little bit more of it as we, you know, as, as the afternoon ro- rolls on. But yeah. which one do you want to try first? Yeah, I think we've tried most. Of it. I just haven't tried the lamb yet. Or we got the, the the chicken. Did you say they're roosters or they're chickens? roosters? They're roosters. They're roosters there on the uh, on the underpistol. Wow. Okay. Look, it's been a fantastic new time. And there's no way I would have thought we would have ended up here doing what we're doing. You know, and it's inspirational meeting that there's so many people out there and there's so many successful Greeks. Yeah. That's what that's what really is inspiring, you know. They've done so many great things in the community, and there's all these little pockets of community things that happen that we're just starting to find out about. Yeah, and it's good to see the next generation of kids coming through, learning. Now we're learning; these kids are learning the traditions of doing a lamb on the spit without a motor. Yeah, you know? is this something that you grew up doing as well? I think I remember you saying that uh, that you used to turn the lamb. You're, you're one of the kids, sort of assigned to it. Sort of. Yeah. Okay. So it was a bit of a story there. So I ended up in Greece, and we ended up in a um, uh, Zakynthos. So yep. me and my mates, uh, Petro and Angela. I might have mentioned them before. And you know, when you get off the boat, 
they have these signs up for Matia yep. that sort of stuff so we, we went one guy and he's actually a copper and he invited us back to his house so we had the whole top floor of his house and that night he had a lamb on the spit and he goes I'm doing it for you guys you're my guests and literally he said the only catch is you've got to turn it by hand yeah and this thing was fucking massive it was like a horse it was huge <laughs> again out and he goes yeah I it so we sat there like for hours turning yeah. it. But that was our tradition. And wow. that was it. Not, not a fork in sight. Used your fingers. You had to peel the bets off the top of it. Yeah. Uh, you didn't want to waste anything as well. But that was, yeah, amazing. Just to, to get the feeling of doing it. You know, yeah. you got sore in one arm. You had to rotate arms. Yeah. And there's a lot of mental uh, patience to do what they're doing. Man, I couldn't yeah. do it. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> sit, sit over the top of that, mate. Forget it. Well, that's why they got the young kids in there at the moment. Well, they, actually, they've had a shift change now. There's a yeah, guy there's in a beard and glasses smoking a cigar. Well, I was just going to say, I was just going to say that a couple of these blokes in the middle here, they've got the right idea. They're sitting there, they've got the beer in hand, and they've got they've got the cigar going. Actually, they've stopped turning. What's going on there? Yeah, boys, you got to yeah keep keep going there. Keep on going, boys. <laughs> We're going to burn one side of it. <laughs> I uh, love it. Nah, it's fantastic. And the, the Cretan thing down there as well. Yeah. Uh, well, here we go. Here's the octopus guy. Look at that. How good's that? That's like, what, two foot, three foot of octopus legs? Yeah, the tentacles. Unbelievable. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, the, the Cretan thing in the corner, it's near a wooden fence. I was a bit concerned initially, but they got things under control. But with good reason, because it, it actually did kind of start... <laughs> creeping up the fence for a second there. Yeah, but, but they've done well. They've done well. They've grabbed a bottle of water. As, oh, they've got a bucket of water as well. Yeah. Oh, let's try and grab... Is it Bill? Sit down, mate. We've got a seat for you. We're going to start bringing in people who are actually doing the barbecue now. So, so put, put your so headphones, put your headphones on, there. on. My son's coming as well. Yeah, that's okay. That's fine. The more the merrier. Yeah, put your headphones on. Put those on and just come in a little bit closer to the microphone. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Before we get started, just just lean in and tell everyone what your name is. My name is Bill Trohanas. Yes. Bill. Bravo, Bill. And you're you're representing the, the Tripoli community. Yes. And you've yes. got these amazing lamb on the spits here. That's right. right. We yeah. talked about it before. So you had a you had a bit of a story about the, the first one with a, with a bit of wood that you had there. Yes. You want to tell us the tradition again of where it came from? My dad, when he came on the Patrice in 1960. On the Patrice? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, um, from Tripoli. Yeah. So uh, there is a uh, tradition in Tripoli uh, of putting off lamb in the spit. Sure. They're, they're very proud of that. Yep. And then Easter time in Tripoli, yep. the Lord Mayor on um, Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. he puts a hundred lamb on the spit in the platea and he, and he shouts everybody. Wow. So it's a big tradition. Wow. So anyway, um, come along the story. So my dad in 1960, the first thing he did was make a spit. Wow. He said he made a timber spit and that was okay. that was is it timber or what it's type of wood is it? It's Oregon. Oregon wood. Yeah, Oregon wood. So yeah. why isn't it burning? Uh, I is can't it? answer that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't ask my dad that. Because you told me that bit of wood that you had was made in 1962. 62, yes. Yeah, right. And it's yeah. served so many lambs on the street. Yeah, yeah. And it's still in perfect condition. It's not charred. Yeah. It looks brand new. It does. It does. It yeah. looks like it's a blast from the past. Yeah. I'll get to you in a sec, mate. <laughs> Don't go too far. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, thank, so you, you've provided the four lambs on the spit. So do you want to tell us how you made them? So I can see there's herbs and spices on the outside of it. Just going back a bit. Sure. At Easter time. So every every um, Saturday, 
had the, the butcher with that. Yep. Saturday afternoon and prepare the lamb and mm-hmm. take it home and prepare the lamb and marinate it and wrap it with a sardonia, wet the sardonia and so it evaporate and keep cool and put yep. plenty of salt on it and, and cook it on Sunday morning because dad would start the fire, he'd want to make around on Sunday morning. I used to look at my dad from the age of 10, 11 doing that, you know, yep. and um, and I, I that's, that's my son Paul Nicholas. Hey, mate. Welcome, mate. He's got a beard for dad. <laughs> yeah, so I, I used to watch my dad do that. Yeah. Put the lamb and marinate it, and I said, God, one day I've got to do that. <laughs> wow. How am I going to do that? You know, did like, you want to learn? Huh? What, did you want to learn to do it? I was more scared about doing it. Really? Than, than what a pleasure. I wanted to do it, but I was just, I didn't want to stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Because um, there is a lot of skill associated with look, it. Look, timing. You know, look, we did the first one, and the dad, dad passed away, and I said, we've got to keep the tradition going. But then we got rid of the timber spit, and we got the mechanical. Yeah. yeah. We got the mechanical, and marinated. So, so look, with lamb, you don't need much. You just mm-hmm. need some salt, pepper, mm-hmm. oregano, and that's why there's, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of taste in the lamb from the fat, yeah. um, um, so it doesn't need a lot of work. Yeah. So when we marinate it the day before with some salt, pepper, oregano, mm-hmm. and uh, put some wine on it, yeah. then we wet the sheep, um, wrap it with a root sheep, and then yeah. evaporation helps keep it cool overnight, and Perfect. we put it on the, on the fire in the morning. Put it on, yeah. fantastic. So I've seen some traditions, I think it's an islander thing, they put uh, hard blocks of cheese in the belly, they put garlic, they put uh, sort of squeeze lemon and chuck lemon in the belly and sew it up Look, and they pierce it. We put garlic in the thighs, we put garlic in the thighs, in, yeah. in the tummy. Mm-hmm. Um, but lamb's got its own flavour. Yeah. So you, you don't need to, you don't, don't need to add too many, you, you don't need, you, yeah. you don't want to add too many things to yeah. it. Yeah. I think we've met. If you put cheese in it, uh, yeah. okay. We've yeah, we've mentioned this before in some episodes. When you have quality meat, you don't need to do anything with That's it. That's right. It's like fish. Yeah, when you've yeah, got quality, yeah, if you yeah, see yeah, a fish and there's yeah. so much crap on it, you mean yeah. it's a shit quality fish. Yeah, you're trying yeah. to mask it with flavors. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Well, wow. When you go to my parts, and again, we've had this discussion previously, like my Beth absolutely swears by the, by the notion that it's just salt, it's just pepper, and pretty much that's it. <laughs> you, know, you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. They look funny at us when they when we say, "Oh yeah, we put a little bit of olive oil in." It's like, really? You do? Isn't the, isn't the lamb fatty enough? Sort of thing. Absolutely. It's just interesting to see how different parts of Greece do it so differently. Yeah. The, the one constant though is that it's awesome no matter how you do it. <laughs> look, with lamb and pork, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. As soon as you start having olive oil, and it takes away from the crispiness of the outside. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially pork. There's no point trying to put lemon because it's a citrus and it's, yeah. it's got sugar in it. It's very hard to crystallise the outside yeah. of it. Right? So the, the natural taste of pork and lamb, it's just salt and pepper, some garlic in the butcher and, and some oregano, that's all they need. Beautiful. Yeah. So I've noticed you've been doing a few techniques behind us. You put some liquid on the wood. Is that oil? Yeah, just so the timber won't burn. Just so the timber won't burn out. Ah, we, perfect. Yeah. Okay. So we put a bit of oil. So how do you get the timber not to burn, though? That's the I bit I'm. I really don't know. It just, so it just doesn't burn. It just doesn't burn. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. It's, it's God's gift, I think. The ones closest to us look like bamboo. Is that bamboo by any chance or not? No, no they're all they're all um, Oregon timber. Oregon, Oregon timber. Yeah. Far out. So that's the first one that Dad did. Yes. Was, was Oregon, and then from 1962. 1962. And then, you know the story, Nick, Nick 
I told Nick about it. Yeah. Funny enough, I met Nick at a wine tasting, believe it or not. <laughs> no. Nick at a wine tasting? You've got to tell us those stories again because... You want me to tell you? Okay. Yeah. Right. So, we were, about 18 years ago, we were at a wine tasting. Yeah. Greek wine tasting. Sure. And we started talking about a few wines and I was telling me, uh, telling me how in Greece, um, at Easter time, the Lord Mayor in Kipling, puts a hundred lamb on a spit and he cooks yeah. it and, he, and he got just excited when he heard about the lambs on the spit and then I told him I've got a, my old dad's original spit, oh, I said, we've got to use it. <laughs> <laughs> then we used it once and said, look, can we make seven of them? <laughs> 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 then I got a friend of mine, a carpenter, he, I said, mate, can you make seven of these so we can... <laughs> wow. And that's how, yeah, that's how... Fantastic. Um, Did the carpenter follow the design ex- exactly? Absolutely, exactly, exactly. The size, everything. Wow. Because you've got to have it a certain distance. The lamb, when you put it on the spit, it's got to be a certain distance in from the end, yep. so you don't cook as well. And I've noticed you've been bashing it with a hammer. Yeah, that's the adjustment, automatic adjustment. Oh. <laughs> that's a mechanical adjustment. Yeah. So <laughs> so the height adjustment. Yes, height adjustment. Classic. Is that because the um, charcoal is getting... No, uh, we wanted to cook a bit more. Instead of throwing more coal on, we just lower it. Is that good for innovation, Tom? Absolutely. Oh, amazing. It's taking full, full advantage of, uh, of, of the coals. See, only Greek could think of that. Thinking, okay, the coals are dropping off. Do you add more coals? No, just smash it. Get them lower to the coals. Absolutely. Ingenious. Yeah. <laughs> and look, how do you? There's a lot of debate about when people think that it's ready. The way I understand is that when all the bits start pulling away from each other in the in the joints, is that generally how you yeah, how you measure? Yeah, that's it? one sign. And and the way Dad told me was that uh, when it starts dripping, yes, it's starting to cook. That means all the fats are cooking and it's it's dripping. When it stops stops dripping, that means it's cooked. That means all, it's, yeah, it's, right. all the fats are cooked and it's ready to come out. Yeah. So it normally takes about four hours, five hours, depending. On, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, 45 hours. So we, we don't, look, we don't have hoods over and we don't cover it. Yeah. We want to smell, you, you want to smell the lamb when it's cooking. I mean, you can put a hood over it and get those ones, um, the stainless steel ones with a hood over yep. it and you close it. But you, you get that smoky feel. But but, that, but then you don't see it. You just no. see a stainless steel hood over it. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, you want to see the lamb turning. Oh, that's that's a the smoke feel, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Definitely. Yeah. That is half the Someone appeal. You've got, to, your beer. you've got to, you've got to be able to see it and smell it. Smell it, absolutely. I, al- I always hated the idea because my papa, for Easter, he would always have this anxiety that oh, we've got to eat at this particular time. Yes. So he'd put the apnea on at like seven a.m., eight a.m., whatever it was. By the time everyone got there, it was already done. Yeah. It's like, yeah. mate, we haven't, we haven't even seen it. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, have a hood over, didn't. No, well, you know, he, 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 by the time we'd get there, it was ready. Ready, yeah. yeah. It was ready by that yeah. point. He'd taken it off. He'd already, he'd already uh, butchered it. Yeah. It's ready to go. Yeah. You want to be able to see it, don't you? Yeah, you want to, and also the smell. Yeah. The smell. The, oh, definitely. The smell. The smell. It's, the, it's all the senses. That's what like we're talking about when we drink wine. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah you, you want to be able to pick things off it. You want yeah. to be, you know, Slice all that stuff. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, Bill, thanks very much. No, for thank you. Yeah, that was awesome. I must congratulate you guys. I listened to a lot of your podcasts. And it's thank amazing. You. And instead of oh. instead of driving, listening to rubbish on the news, <laughs> I listen to you guys. It makes my day. You <laughs> listen to us, clowns. Yeah, no, you guys do a great job. And, oh, good uh, on you. Thank you. Very thank proud you so of you guys. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you, mate. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Good stuff. Yeah, how good was that? That was great. We're learning. Yeah, it is. So that's uh, the Tripoli tradition. You know, you said the same thing. You don't have much 
much stuff to it. If you've got good quality meat, you don't need to add anything to it. That seems to be the common thread here. You know, like if you've got good ingredients, if you've got good stuff, yep. you don't need to add too much to it. No. Oh, look out. Here we go. We've got, we've got someone else here. here so this go. is. We've got another that shows it. <laughs> I love it. He's got the beer in his hand. We've got Bill's son here. Young Paul Nicholas. Yeah. So you're named after your two grandfathers, I'm told. That's right, yeah. Uh, the two Bacchus, uh, Paul and, uh, and Nicholas as well. So um, I've got two older sisters. The funniest thing is both my yayades were called uh, Christina. So the first one was easy. They, both, they called it Christina, so yep. there were no arguments. Then they had another girl, and they called her Helena. Yeah. Uh, and then it was me. Uh, I guess they knew I was going to be the last child, so they thought we'll just call them. I call them after one, and we can call them after both. So um, I got blessed with uh, being called Paul Nicholas. Yeah. Fantastic! Yeah. And he's Paul, your dad's son, or your mum's son? Paul's dad's dad, and uh, Nicholas is um, mum's son. Yeah, Are you Nicolaos? Uh, yeah, Apostolis Nicolas. Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah, very good. In, in English, it gets translated to. Uh, Paul, Paulie, Paul Nick, Paul Nicholas, PNT, my initials, whatever, uh, whatever. <laughs> folks, so, How yeah. cool is that? Yeah, so that's yeah, it. Yeah, so. Good stuff. Normally, it's funny when I introduce myself, they'll get the, they'll either get the first or the second half. So I'll say Paul Nicholas, and I'll be like, oh Nicholas, I'm a Nick too. So then I'll be like, yeah, 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 I'll just play along. With or do it. they think that Nicholas is your surname? I haven't got that one yet, but um, yeah, nah. Um, okay. Yeah, they, like I said, like normally they just hear the end of it, so they'll think it's Nicholas, and yeah. So, but well, Nick's a great on. name. And yeah. you, don't, you don't want to scream out Nick here because no. I reckon half the people will turn around. Absolutely. Yeah. If you yeah. said Nick or George, yeah. everyone would look around. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You wouldn't know. Maybe, where maybe we should. Maybe we should do it. Hang on, Nick, <laughs> George. <laughs> you, 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 you gotta say, you know what? You gotta say Theo. If you say yeah, Theo, yeah, hey Theo, they're all turn around. Yeah. We used to do that. At, remember the Sydney Olympic Games? Yeah, back then we used to scream out Theo, and then hundred yeah. heads would turn around. Every uh, every yeah. Yeah. So you're following Dad today, you're helping him out with the, uh, with the with the lamb and all that sort of stuff. How's yeah. it been today so far? It's been awesome. Yeah, we got here about uh, it was around eight o'clock. Um, yeah, it started the big fire over there on, on the left. Um, yeah, uh, and then uh, slowly, once after about forty minutes or so, there was a big, big fire ready. So we just spread them out one by one. As you can, you can probably hear, we are. Um, That's your dad. That hammering for lowering the lamb down. Lowering the lamb, um, just to give it that crisp for the last half hour. Yeah. But, um, basically, yeah, just spread the fire out over the four spits. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, put them on one by one. Um, and uh, yeah, three. I think uh, yeah, three lambs, one goat. Yeah. And um, so, how do you feel? You're going to be carrying on this tradition now. Well, that was what I was going to ask because your dad said he had anxiety when you took over from his dad. Yeah. What's going to happen when it's your turn? Yeah, I've got a similar feeling now, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, a lot of history. Um, so I guess it's something that I'm passionate about as well. So. Yeah, I think you know the, the time will come slowly, slowly. I, every it's funny every year at Easter time, myself and my my cousins um, do more and more, and then get, I think it got to the point this year where Dad actually just took a back seat and said, "All right, I'm going to sit back, have a have a glass of buzzer, and uh, I'll let you guys take the reins." And uh, we we passed the test this year, so well, it sounds uh, like the, t- the torch has been passed. Now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we, 
it's either been passed or it's it's, we're, it's in the process. It's in the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's passing. Yeah. So uh, sounds like a great good pathway yeah. system, no, Tom. Yeah. Absolutely. As we say in rugby league, great pathway system. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. So, Fantastic. Yeah. But, um, and then yeah. obviously, Papua, that, that that first bit that you can see there, that's the original one that Papua made yeah. all those years ago when um, when he moved to Australia. Had, says it was one of the first things he did. He, uh, he made the um, that spit. Priorities, um, and, right? Yeah, priorities. And and then it sat, I think, in the uh, in the cellar for, for years. I always used to look at it and Dad would say that was Papu's, you know. I was only a few years old when he passed, so I never actually got to see him in action with it. And for years it sat in the cellar and, you know, just thought it would collect dust and spider webs and then a few years ago he had the idea with Nick that um, Dad told him how he had the, the spit sitting there and they said oh, why don't we uh, actually make use of it so yeah. then I think it was about three or four years ago um, it came out the, that was Bubbles one the first one you can see there um, and then the following year uh, he got one of his friends to, to make a few more and, and that's why you can see all of them there now and the, the irony is that Bubbles one hasn't had any maintenance in 60 years but the other ones I think it was last year or the year before came off the handle and they had to do running repairs so it's, wow. it's funny that all those years ago um, it's still um, past the test of time look at that the, the old one yeah. it's 2022 and it's still feeding people crazy yeah Unbelievable. Something your papu did when he first came out, he yeah. was still feeding people today. That's right. It is so, unbelievable. Yeah. So who would have thought that was going to feed his grandkids? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. And now you're going to take over. He might feed your grandkids That's or right. your great-grandkids. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, a lot of uh, history and emotion and, and, and pride in it too. You know, I can, you know, I, I send photos to my friends and everyone just, they just freak out. You know, like they've only heard stories of, of their ancestors and then, to see to see it in person like that it's like wow yeah beautiful so, you know very unique so i'm very lucky yeah um good parenting and um yeah hopefully one day i can pass it on to my kids yeah. good absolutely i see you're in a, a status yeah. fan <laughs> yeah the funny thing is, i've been wearing this for the last five years yeah when i last went to greece five years ago i bought it and then I, I wore it for the first year, and then the second, and the third, and now I'm, every time I come here, it's, it's a tradition. Like a I can't, I can't come here and not wear it. Yeah, so, you know, no, it's, uh, it's good. Yeah, good so, stuff, mate. Yeah. Well, for mate. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Thank yeah, you very much. Nice having me and, uh, thanks for those insights. No worries. Yeah, and thanks for all your your talks that you've done as well, and I'll, uh, I'll be sure to um, keep following you guys. Yeah, and listen to you, anyway. mate. Thanks, so, mate. And thanks for the good rap you gave us earlier about no the World War Two episode yeah. and all that. No, so. that was awesome. Loved it. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, very inspirational. And, and yeah, I, 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 Dad's actually sent it to me. I think the first thing I saw when I woke up on Orchid Day, I see this video coming through. That's and I thought, video, oh, yeah. it's another one of those videos that he sent me. Yeah. And then I, you know, I actually sat there and, uh, and watched it, and I thought, you know what, this is actually really nice. It's, uh, it made me proud to be Greek, you know. And it, I sent it to all my friends and that, and. Uh, Another fantastic interview there, mate. Another, yeah, another pr proud Greek and someone passing on the tradition or he's the, he's now the the current custodian of the tradition that his dad and his papa had yeah 
And it's interesting to see that he's got the same sort of anxiety that Bill was talking about just before, you know, about taking over. Exactly. It's probably a good thing. It means he's, uh, he's passionate, he's committed, he wants to do the right thing. Uh, yeah, and, this, and how good is the tradition? 1962. Unbelievable. And it's still going. That spit is still going to carry on to the next generation through Paul Nicholas's kids. And it's water. It's made of wood and yeah. it's still it's it still burnt. I thought wood burnt when you put it over fire. Yeah. Like, so did I. <laughs> Mysterio Brahma. As your dad would say, huh? Yeah, Mysterio Brahma is my dad would say. <laughs> I'll work that out. Oh, dear. Well, we've, we've, we're looking for, for Alex Arcus now. We've got to find out what, what's happened with this octopus. What do you reckon? Here he is. Here he is. You've got to turn up with a beer. Miss Alexakis, <laughs> put your headphones on. Peter Alexakis, welcome to Uzo Talk. How are you? Uh, I'm really well, thank you. <laughs> you look like you. Great to see you guys. Thank you for coming. Did I just relieve you from the land? Because it looked like you, were, you, you wanted to get out of there. Look, uh, my right hand was working a bit hard there. <laughs> but it's nothing that's uh, uncommon for me. Mm-hmm. We had a really good chat before about the uh, octopus and how you prepped it and how you bash it and all that sort of yes, stuff. Tell us the procedure, because we did try a bit of it before. It was sensational. Essentially, the, uh, the octopus from the ocean is uh, really quite an angry beast and it's uh, full of muscle. There's no bone, there's nothing else there. It's just 100% muscle. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, uh, when it's a bit it like Tom. <laughs> yeah, I can see he's been working it out. Yeah, Tom's just all muscle. All muscle. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> it needs to undergo a tenderizing process. Mm-hmm. And um, so the first part of the process is to uh, beat, the, uh, beat the octopus. Uh, we actually beat it on a, uh, a slab of marble that's come from Greece. Mm-hmm. Care of uh, Nick Bulgarakis okay. from uh, Euro Marble in Marrickville. Yep. So it's Pendelli marble. And we have a big slab and we, we slap it on the, uh, on the marble. Four and a half kilos of weight uh, being slapped probably 40 to 50 times. And it's important to note as well that pentelic marble is the same marble that the Parthenon is, is made of. Absolutely. So uh, we feel that uh, by slapping it on the pentelic marble, it uh, gives a little bit of uh, authenticity uh, to the Greek octopus that we're actually serving wow. today. So you actually, you, 40 or 50 times you slap it? 40 to 50 times, yeah, average. And how, what's the weight of them? They look quite big. They're big ones. Four and a half kilos to five kilos each one. Wow. Um, I'd hate to tangle one of these guys in the ocean. <laughs> so you catch them yourself? I'd hate to tangle oh, okay. with them. Okay. So fortunately, we have the uh, Natara Seafood uh, from Cronulla. Who do the tangling? Who will do the, uh, the, the purchasing, <laughs> uh, or they hunt, purchase, and then uh, they, uh, they they acquire it for us. So we uh, we, we slap the uh, the octopus on the marble. Rough guide. I mean, you can slap it as hard as you want, or as little as you want. But the the turning point is when the octopus starts to saponify. You actually get like a soapy substance coming off the... Uh, There's a Greek tentacles. word for you. Yes. So when it starts to froth up, that's when you know it's ready. Uh, and you can throw it on the barbecue then. Sure. But uh, we go through a secondary process, which is the hanging and drying of the octopus, mm-hmm. which is designed to get rid of any excess moisture while maintaining the flavour. So we intensify the flavour. At the same time, putting it in the heat 
And it being a seafood tends to start the degradation process, sure. uh, which further softens and tenderizes their tentacles. So that hopefully in about uh, 30 minutes, we have the most beautiful tender octopus that anyone has ever, ever had mm-hmm. with a touch of Pendeli marble uh, as, <laughs> wow. uh, as, uh, to give it a bit of authenticity from a Greek perspective. And, and it's wonderful to make the donation. It's wonderful to come here for, for, uh, for the church and raise money because it's a, it, it's a great crossroads for the youth, yeah. for the old. Uh, we chat, we talk. Um, the little guys get to see how the old guys do it, the old guys get to see how the young guys do it. And at the end of the day, it's, it's all the better for the community. Absolutely. Thank well, you guys for coming. No, well, thank you for, for, putting, for putting this on. Great insights. I just want to ask you a question, though, about the tenderizing process. I've seen some people in the past that have used, like, a wooden paddle, for example, to hit the octopus. Would that make it make it any better, any worse? I mean, I, I, I feel as though if you had it between two surfaces, that could do some damage to the um, to, to, to the meat. Not not at all. It depends on the octopus. Yeah. Uh, again, it's hard to actually pick up five kilos of meat and slap it repeatedly yeah. with tentacles flying and, and little suckers flying everywhere. So the uh, the use of the paddle is uh, not. Uh, not uncommon to me. Sure. You tend to use the paddle at the proximal end of the uh, octopus, not the fin end, but the, the more the head area and gotcha. the shoulder area, and and, and that's where uh, where it comes into its own forte. There you go. See, there's a reason behind it. Mm. I learned something today. Fantastic. How did you actually marinate these particular ones? Absolutely nothing. Really? Yeah. So what I do is. Uh, we slap the octopus, get the uh, get the froth happening. What I'm like, on a froth. It's you know it's ready to yeah, go. Yeah, good stuff. So then we wipe the froth off, and unfortunately in Australia we're blessed with lots and lots of flies. <laughs> we're blessed. We're yeah. blessed with lots and lots of flies, which is not the greatest thing to hang an octopus for three di- for three hours. So. We, what we do is, or what I do is, we put uh, black pepper, the cheapest, fine black pepper that you get, not the special uh, peppercorns yep. in the grinder, it's the really ultra fine, yep. and what you do is you splash that on the octopus, Yep. you will not see a fly from miles. Really? And so, but, but then people say, okay, well, it's going to be peppery, so absolutely no, because when you go through the drying process, the pepper doesn't saturate or go into the flesh at all, it stays on the surface. And through the barbecuing on these coals, that whole top layer gets burnt off. It chars off, yeah, you're right. It chars off. So you have beautiful, beautiful non-fly affected. And look, I can vouch for this too, because when we tried it, I didn't get an overwhelming taste of pepper. No, I didn't even no pepper notice anything. It, was, it burns off. Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed it, no. We had more than a couple. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of handfuls. And interestingly as well, I've seen in, um, again, I'm going to, uh, there was an episode of Bizarre Foods where Andrew Zimmern went to Kalimno. And what they were doing there was they created these boxes, like these framed boxes with like fly screens around them. They were, they were hanging them in there. I mean, he's saying no. Seriously? No. 
too much work. Just put, pepper. Put the pepper. Hey, um, it's never failed. Yeah. There's not a fly gone anywhere near it. No. He's right. They're everywhere else, but nowhere there. Oh, we've seen it. We yeah. took photos. There was no flies hanging off the back fence. So and it's get, a warm day get, today. Get, get, get your cheapest ground, fine ground pepper. They sell it IJ for a couple of bucks. Yeah. You buy one tin or one little it's that paper yeah. uh, with with the plastic on top, and it lasts you ten years. Yeah. And you just use it solely for the octopus. You'll not have a problem. There you go. So the message is built, built the crap out of it and put cheap pepper on it and let yes. it dry for three hours. Built the crap out of it. Get the soap happening. Put the pepper on. Hang it up. Two hours later. Bob's your uncle. Lose yourself. Okay, so we got 40, 50 smacks. Hang it up. Yep. Two, three hours. Pepper first, two, three hours. Yeah. And then straight on. And then after you cook, do you add your lemon juice, oregano? Yeah, that's when you put your oregano on. If you put your oregano on early, yep. oregano has a habit of being a bit uh, bitter. Yes. Okay. Right, so oregano, people who use oregano yep. at the end. I've got fresh oregano from my garden. Yes. I've got fresh thyme from my garden, as you guys have, have and it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, I let that one ride. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a secret in there somewhere. <laughs> Mate, That's, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you so much. That We've was great. Thank, thank you very much. Bye. Did you know? Did you know how to make octopus like that? No, we are so spoiled, me and you. We really are. Say how spoiled we are. We've got the finest of foods here. We really do. We're absolutely spoiled for choice. Uh, oh, look, look at this. Someone else is here. The larger, larger than life, Nick Ugarakis. Take a seat. Here he is, and he's even wearing an Uzotor hat. Nick, I Welcome, told you we'd get you on here. Today we couldn't wait to and everything's a laugh. <laughs> You've been such an inspiration with everyone here. You've been backslapping everyone, you've been high-fiving everyone, you've been telling jokes. We couldn't wait to get you on here. Life is too short. It is, mate. You like the life of the party here. Oh, no, it's, no, it's, all, it's all the attitude you take on this journey of life. And every, every part of your journey has a chapter. You know, we close one, we open up another. Yeah, definitely. Look, I'm more interested in what you did in that corner there. So you prepped the lamb for the the, the Cretan-style barbecue, didn't you? Listen, I'm a Limnian by background, okay? But I can be a Cretan today. (laughs) So um, what happens is a good friend of mine, Nick Andreatakis, gone over and bought the Mm Andreatakis-style barbecue setup. He met George, who manufactures these, sent us video clips and YouTubes and Viber clips and everything else and how to do it. I'm a foodie by background. I love making food. I love cooking. I love wine. I love tomato passata. I love everything to do with food. I think that should have been my passion or journey of life, but it didn't. It ended up being marble, but it doesn't matter. Everyone finds a niche and they end up going back. So, uh, yeah, so there's a bit of um, go in that. It's not easy, as easy as what it looks. Sure. You know, you've got to split the lamb, you've got to turn it, you've got to butterfly it, you've got to butterfly it in a way that a butcher can't do. 
Okay. So you've got to know how to insert the knife and take the meat off the ribs and butterfly it open and spread it open so it cooks evenly. And that's how the Cretans used to do it back on Crete, where they cooked it with the flame, not with the coal. There's a difference. Okay. So uh, the difference is it needs a fire. Okay. So that's why I'm fueling the fire over there all the time. So it needs to be raging. It's not like it, when we put the no, when no. We have a barbecue and it's no, going to no, settle no, down. No, 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 not at all. So it needs the fire needs to be raging, and uh, you need to have the meat um, and far enough from it not to be burnt, and to keep on turning it, you know, on the rod as you see. Unbelievable. Fantastic. And you got there, are they chickens or roosters? No, if I would have known, um, I probably wouldn't have got a rooster because a rooster is more inclined to... to, to it's to tougher, have, isn't it? It's tougher. Yeah. You, you, you really need to have a stew. Yeah. Well, in Kerkira, what we do with the rooster is we do bastizada, which is... Of course. You know, that's the that's the thing. Yeah. And limnos is the same. Yeah, you there know? you go. Kokora. Anyway, we're going to have a go. Okay. I'm not going to guarantee you need to do anyone. I'm just going to run for the door if anything happens. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we can't wait to try it. I think it's going to be okay. well worth it. Yeah. It's a good side anyway. It looks good there. Thank it looks, it looks authentic. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. The combination of the lamb, the hanging octopus, and then you've got this, you know, these roosters I was going to say chicken there for a second <laughs> after all that <laughs> these roosters with the legs and the heads on and all that sort of thing it just looks far more authentic doesn't it, it you tend to when you go to the supermarket here or the butcher and you don't see any of that stuff no you, you start to question the origin of it don't you that's right absolutely <laughs> did you say you were from Asia Minor originally yes my Papudas um, they originated from Asia Minor and they travelled across to Limnos uh, and they settled in Limnos and uh, the true Limnians, let's call them the Dopier, uh, are different people again. It's just like here, the immigrants, that the multicultural nation we are and we accept and we, we bring in people and that was back in the uh, 1920s. From, from Turkey to, to, to Greece. Mm. Did you know what part of Asia Minor you before yeah. this came from? Ayuvali. Ayuvali, yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what that is. No, it's uh, it's it's straight across Limnos on the other okay. side. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And, and obviously Limnos has been the the, the, the Gallipoli Island, I mean the, the island the centre of attention at the yes. moment where where they set up um, nurses and hospitals and all sorts of things, and they embraced the Anzacs. Yeah, well, so that's where the Anzacs all, launched the Gallipoli campaign from. That's correct. That's all part of it. And then there's two cemeteries on Limnos. Mm -hmm. There's one in Mudro, and there's one in Portianu. Mm. Uh, and that's uh, an, an important aspect for, for the Australians and Aussie as the Greek Australians to understand and know. And, and they're well-kept cemeteries. They're not just cemeteries where you just go and, and there's overriding grass and weeds and everything else. Yeah. Beautifully manicured and, and presented. Fantastic. Fantastic. And you're famous for something else as well. We've actually tried your amphora wines. Yes. <laughs> Nick, they're fantastic. <laughs> they're <You're> fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Targs have been pouring it into a, a cup today. Yeah, right. We've had it in one we, of our We had it on the, on the Greek wines episode, yeah. and we had it for, for this particular reason, because we wanted to get as close as possible to what the ancient Greeks must have yeah. must have been drinking. Absolutely. Obviously very difficult without having the grapes coming from you know that area or whatnot, but yeah. the method 
obviously is is the same and the the storage method is the same it's a fantastic wine and it's such a clean wine you've done a fantastic job with it. thank you it's a homage to our grandparents our parents um, I just got to try to keep this tradition going I've got kids I don't know where it'll all end up no guarantees in life I was told you hold the return ticket you go to a destination, there's no guarantee you'll ever come back holding a return ticket. True. It's my duty, as far as I can do, um, is, is to give my kids that inspiration of what our forefathers used to do, how they used to do it, and let's go back to basics. Forget about the chemicals in wine. I, I use minimal intervention in my wine. I've been making wine for 15 years, ever since my late father passed away. I used to admire his wine, but he never understood the chemistry of it when you displaced the wine with oxygen in your barrel. It oxidizes. It started turning into a great vinegar. Yeah. So, so it's it's the Cordiaux wine. It's the Cordiaux wine. Yeah. But he got beyond that and worse. Yeah. After six months, so it was great vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> you make a great salad. But no, it did. It did. It did. Um, however, what what I did was bought the 21st or 20th century equipment up to date but however some of the methodology that I've used is an inspiration to my cousins over in Greece um, I, 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 I was always every year was always over there always intrigued me on the way of cooking the way they presented things the way they um, some of the meals that I've had there are just astonishing. We'll beat the five-star restaurants for dead here. Yeah. And it's not a five-star presentation. Yeah. It's a taste. La Gustifado, for oh. example. I'll cook you La Gustifado that you'll lick your fingertips yeah. and you'll say, give me more La Gui. It's all part of that journey. Yeah. And it's all yeah. part of that passion. Yeah. Now, I've been on this homage to making wine and anyone who wants to make it can join me I have no problem I've, I've bought a lot of equipment very serious equipment and very serious dollars to make it right yeah however it, it's the old saying that says you know there's a hungry man give him a fish and he won't be hungry for a day you know teach him how to fish and he won't be hungry for a long time so I, I'm all there for it for the group and we have Poseidon days where we buy 200 boxes of tomatoes. I show them how to make Poseidon, not the Italian way, the Greek way. Yes. Um, What's the difference? Well, there is a difference because the Italians make it in beer bottles, they crown it, they put in uh, barrels with boiling water, wrap it up with newspaper. I looked at it and I said, that's a very cumbersome way of sterilizing and boiling and making tomato Posada. So when I was over in Greece, in, uh, and I, uh, my parents originate from Limnos and Aporio called Kondia, my cousins in Kondia say, oh, we make sauce every year. And I said, how do you make it? And I said, there's no beer bottles here. So they said, okay, in a big pot, we boil the, the Posada sauce, um, and, and we, we de-seed it, and we take the skins off, which is fine. Uh, and then after that, we ladle it into the sauce bottles, boil, twist the caps, turn the, cap, the bottles upside down, leave it for two weeks. It, as the sauce cools down, it creates a vacuum. And as that vacuum, then you've got it for three, four, five years. Wow. There you go. 
very simple method. What? The Greek style. Fantastic. <laughs> Le- leave it to the Greeks. To, to leave it to the Greeks. <laughs> you know what? You know, the interesting thing is, I think, who was it? I, th- I think it was Bill Gates who said, if I've got a job to do, I don't want to give it to the to the smartest person in the room. I want to give it to the laziest person because the laziest person is going to find out the easiest way to do it and come up with the best result. The most efficient. <laughs> the most efficient way to do it. Isn't that I interesting? Love that, I love that way of thinking. Exactly. That's thinking out of the box. <laughs> that's Greek. That's right. That's, that's what it is. Absolutely. We don't want to work too much. We want to spend time on the beach drinking that's our right. Work smarter, that's not harder. That's right. That's Absolutely. Guys, all I can say is you, you've done a really great job. I've listened to some of your podcasts. You know, inspirational and inspirational people, indeed, that you've had on there. And congratulations uh, to you boys. You Thank know. you so much. Fantastic. Great. Before we let you go, though, yeah. we just want to ask you about the marble. Oh, marble. Because marble is your thing. This could be another episode. Right? Mar- marble is your thing, right? Marble's been my dream. All I had to do was think, eat, drink, rocks. Marble for 35 years, for God's sake. Uh, I did. Well, look... Yeah. You obviously own the uh, own Euro Marble here in Correct. Yeah, I was the founder of Euro Marble and, yep. and joined later with my brother Arthur uh, from an IT background. And, yes. and we're talking about humble beginnings where there are only two of us and not an agglomerate of people, not inherited. My late father wasn't a stonemason, he was just a carpenter and yep. gave that up and he was a convenience store or fruit keeper, like like all humble immigrant Greeks. Um, I've got a degree by background, so at the end of the day, um, I feel that everyone's career takes a path where they've got their passion, their love. Yes. Um, And and I don't know how I stumbled upon it, it's basically after I met my dear wife um, in Greece and, and I said, look, let's bring out some marble and renovate our home. That's where the story started. Um, and she said, oh, that's great. And marble was very, it, it was a luxury product here at the sure. time. Very expensive. So I bought out, not knowingly, a container, but realistically only needed to bring out a fifth of a container to do the job. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did bring out that container. And I, I didn't know what, where to do, what, what to do with the rest. And with all my contacts throughout, I ended up selling it. And I thought, okay, this is feasible in bringing out marble and selling and promoting Greek marble because Greek marble wasn't promoted in Australia at yep. that time. From that point on, um, it started, Humble Beginning started from two people to four to five. Now we're about four, 30 or 40, I'm not sure. Wow. Uh, it's a succession period, so the kids are taking over basically. And when I say the kids, they're, they're adults. Yep. And I've, I've got one of my sons and, and um, my brother's got two of his sons. And, uh, and I've got one of my other son's uh, partner in the business. Fantastic. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, look. Yeah. So the, 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 the marvel now, <coughs> and I guess you want to probably talk about Pentelican. Let's go back sure. onto Greek marble. Yeah. Pentelican <coughs> marble is non-existent at the moment. Yeah. And it's very, very extremely hard to get, if anything. Um, it's like anything. It's like barrel here in New South Wales, Australia where they've closed the quarry yep. because the township has grown around the quarry and a product they used to quarry called trachyte. Same thing happened with Bendeli. Bendeli is whole of residences around the upmarket area yep. um, and they've closed that quarry. The similar 
marble looking to Pendeli is Dioniso. You're splitting hairs, yeah. but somebody who's got experience and looks at Dioniso, looks at Pendeli, will yeah. see a difference. Mm. Pendeli is a lot whiter, a lot richer. Yeah. For a sculptor who sculpts, and that's a sculptor's dream of having Pendeli marble, yeah. um, you, you will need a white marble, not one that's got a wash of green. Mm. So the last job that I can remember that I've had was back in the early 2000s, 2021 or whatever it was, mm -hmm. um, where we did a bathroom and that was the end of it. Yep. All the rest has been um, the Onisso. But I did have a chance of bringing some Pendeli from a contact who had some little blocks in storage. Um, one as a commemorative um, plaque for St. Sophia in South Darling Street. Yep. And the other one, I've kept as a spare, I bought it here one year, and Dr. Alexakis, or Peter Alexakis, was actually smashing his octopus on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was a great thing. You know, a bit of history, a bit of octopus Absolutely. smashing on a Pendeli marble. Absolutely. Wow. What a story. If I wanted to do my kitchen, like yeah. a kitchen be bench top, uh, not the Pendeli marble, the... Uh, the Uniso? Yeah. Is, is this an expensive marble? Yeah, how like much money have you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not enough. Not enough. <laughs> Everything's possible. Everything's got a price. Yeah. I can get you Pendeli if you want. Uh, very limited supply for the elite few. It's like anything. Yeah, of course. You know? So they, do they still mine Pendeli? No, they don't. So they, but there, there are places where, you know, little pockets where you can find, if you know, if you're in Greece, or you know the little pockets and okay. little crevices that you can probably wow. get it out of. So this Pendeli site has been there for thousands of oh, years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, no. so it's unlimited. It sounds like there's unlimited supply of Pendeli marble. Well, well, to a certain extent, because it, it's an open quarry, so an open cut, However, all the residences have grown and the whole area has grown around it. Mm. They weren't allowed quarrying yeah. to happen. Yeah, it's, a it's, it's, it's two things. You're going to there's, there's a noise, it's a noisy operation mm -hmm. and also it, it's, a, it's a not a pollutant-free scenario. Right. And this is where Carrara cleaned itself up with regard to the river. Now you see fish in the river that runs through Carrara. Previously, it was murky water. Yeah, right. Okay, so so a lot of things have changed since then. Mm, well. But but the, the, the issue also was back in those years, sorry to go one step further, sure. um, to buy Pindeli marble or to buy Tinos marble yeah. or Kozani's marble or any, or Cavallas, a lot of the people were going the, through Italy. The Italians were masters at marketing marble. We're, forget about social media now, everyone can jump online, Google, and everyone becomes an expert in 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. They know the source, they know where it comes from. Back then there wasn't any of that. So I was buying Greek marble out of Italy. Yeah, crazy. It was, and they were labeling it their own name. And that's where it all came. was the olive oil. Oh, well, it's the same thing. Yeah. So, so, so the they, they weren't, yes. they weren't labeling it Pindeli, they were calling it Bianco Pindalola. 
you know? Wow. And you sort of say, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. If they call it Bendeli, would have been yeah, well, valuable. Well, of course, but yeah. it didn't happen. Now it's a different story. Yeah. The globalization has wiped out the yeah. the marble hub of the world being Italy. Sure. Um, and and every, every place is a little hub. So you've got China, you've got Greece, you've got Italy, you've got Spain, you've got Portugal. Everywhere you've got Brazil, everywhere where they quarry marble, they, they've got their own little hub and they export it out of there. Yeah. So is there still more high demand for marble? Or is it oh, absolutely. We, we, we look, if you, if you Google Euro Marble, you'll see we, we don't do any reconstituted stuff. That's number one. Yeah. Okay, so you forget about the resin and, the, and everything else. <clears throat> our our organisation um, flourishes on not only just marble, but um, exotic marbles, marbles that you would never probably have seen before. So my younger son has taken the, to the reins where he's gone and he searched the globe and he's found, oh, here's a pocket, here's another pocket, let's bring that in. The only downside to that is you're gambling on colours. Yeah, right. So you're anticipating the designer or the designing architect wants green or pink and if they change to black or grey, you're gone. You're going to have marble there that's going to have many birthdays. Mm-hmm. You'll be singing to it every year yeah. without candles. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a Dr. Alexakis to bash. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find a use for it. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Wow. Good you stuff. had an interesting story about your, your wife. She's a Zimbabwean Greek. Yes. Um, my so, Greeks were in Zimbabwe. Hang on. <laughs> Yeah, my, my wife was born in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. or at the time it was called Rhodesia. Okay. Uh, and Smith was the Prime Minister, and it was a flourishing country, very rich, rich in mineral resources, they were growing tobacco and all sorts of things. Mugabe took over, and uh, a lot of the Greeks then left um, Rhodesia, well, Rhodesia, well Zimb- Rhodesia becoming Zimbabwe. Um, and they chose countries like Canada, uh, England, Greece, uh, America, and it happened. My father-in-law went to Greece. Um, I was in Greece um, when I finished uni. I fell in love. I got the tick, and I kept on going back. I met my wife in Greece. Um, she didn't like that um, way or style of living. She was used to, let's call it the Anglo-Saxonized Greek version. She and, and I told her, I said, look, come to Australia and if you like it, stay for a month. If you don't like it, go back and, and nothing's done. Um, she came over, she, she was enthralled and loved Australia and Sydney. My parents um, embraced her. She went back. Yeah, that's in it. the history, and then we came back and we got married here. Yeah, beautiful. Wow, what a story! It's so a moving story. It is. Is. So Australia, get emotional Bali about to it. Limnos. <laughs> yeah, it's an yeah. amazing story. Well, yeah, well, her parents were from Limnos. Yeah, my parents from Limnos. Her parents from Kudia. My parents from Kudia. Wow, make the easiest thing. Yeah, amazing. Fantastic. All the way from Australia to Zimbabwe, you're meeting Limnos. Unbelievable. And you end up fantastic. Thank yeah. you for sharing it with us, mate. Thank, Thank you, mate. you so much. Like I said, you are, you are the life of the party here. Yeah. You're, you're the loudest one here. <laughs> okay. That's because I'm going best. Yeah. <laughs>
I think we might make this the last interview of the day. You might have to be. Leaving oh the best for last as always. Oh, look at that. That's a good drumstick. That's a fantastic drumstick. Dr- drumstick of lamb. Where's the GoPro, boys? I'm looking sharp today. What's you are that? looking sharp. Where's the GoPro? Where's the GoPro? You're looking, oh, with no GoPro today. No though, GoPro mate. today? It's, just, it's unplugged, uh, is it? No, it's just by memory. <laughs> just by sound. That's just, awesome. Well, look, we've had some awesome guests here today, and... What better way to finish it up than with photographer extraordinaire Nick Bordenyotis? Welcome, welcome, Nick. Thank you. Thank you very much. We told you we'd we'll get you on the show. Hot right? off the heels of coming from Adelaide with the Ebsoners down there. Very good. It was an amazing um, few days down in Adelaide. It was one of those magical moments. And I've actually captured two photos that are going to be in the Athens Museum next year. The yes. Athens War Museum. Well, let's set the story because for those who don't know Nick, Nick is behind the Evzones collection of, of photography. He took the photos, there's been a number of exhibitions, and it is going to the Athens War Museum next year. A very emotive set of photographs. Nick, you, you've developed such a strong connection with the Evzones. We're, we're going to dedicate Attending it too, Tom. Yes. The Hellenic Club here in Sydney, when he had a great exhibition. The Archbishop was there and many, many amazing guests. But Look, we need to do an entire episode on it. But we're going to. We, Before we I go to Athens. Yeah, we definitely. definitely are. But, mate, you, you seem to have developed such a strong connection with those guys. What was it like being back with them the other day in Adelaide? It was like um, part of a family. The moment I got there, it was all, everything's always meant to be when it's meant to be in the universe, always puts you in the right spot. We landed in Adelaide, a friend of ours picked us up. We got to the hotel. Just as we're pulling the bags out, they, the bus comes behind us, the Evzons, they just came back from um, the nursing home. Oh, what is it? And I look around, and there they are, and I'm like, this is just timing. They hop out, obviously, a couple of the officials obviously know me. Because they stand I was down, invited. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they they're, they're not just uh, little guys. It looks like, to everybody else, it looks like a basketball team. It's just <laughs> Were they in full kit? No, 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 just in casual. Right. Um, so... The person, the guy that invited me was actually on the bus. He goes, what are you doing? Let's go for lunch. And so we went for lunch and then from there got to meet everybody. And I must say Adelaide was one of those amazing historic shoots. And actually going back to that, it actually included two incredible photos into my exhibition for Athens. We, with um, my director George Carantonis, Legend. Yeah. He, I gave it to him yesterday and I said, George, these have to go in. And he just looked at him and goes, wow, they're going in. He didn't, he picked out a few more. Were those the words or were they more colourful? Yeah, they were very colourful. A <laughs> couple of F-bombs in there. Yeah, no. We're in, any, we, we're having 33 photos now going to Greece. Wow. So we've upped it. Yeah. Because we're taking up the whole war museum down, down the whole. Hit it. Yeah, they, wow. they said fill it up. We don't care many. Outstanding. And when is it, Nick? What are the dates? It's um, the 20, uh, 24th of March, 2023. 
just before the 25th of March, all the military, everybody will be in town. Yeah. And that's the opening, and it's there for a month. Wow. So a yeah. Greek-Australian photographer taking photos of the Amazonians yep. in the Athens War Museum. Correct. How good is that? It's just not photos you see... Everywhere. When you go to Greece and Athens, it's photos behind the scenes. It's different. It's around Australia. It's Melbourne, yep. Sydney, and now Adelaide. Because you did have exclusive access behind the scenes, especially yeah, well, with the Parthenon. Actually, let's talk about it. 2016, I was here at this very place on these very grounds. Wow. 2016, right here this time. Yep. Peter Menares was here. And he's here today. Yep, and I spoke to Pete. Obviously, I've known Pete for a while. And I said to Pete, Pete, you're in Mykonos this year. He goes, yeah, I was. Which I did see him. I said, remember the boat? You came in? He goes, yeah, I showed him a photo of it. He goes, oh, wow. He goes, I want a photo. I said, no problem. Anyway, he rang me up. He goes, Nick, can we catch up for coffee? I said, sure. And I caught up coffee three blue ducks at Bronte and um, he had his director Alex with him and next minute you know I was on the boat three weeks later the first episode the first series the first thing my Greek Odyssey yeah. and the first hour the first the first thing we went to do we got there five o'clock in the afternoon we were up at four in the morning to go to be at the Ebsoners at the garrison there at six o'clock and the very first half an hour of shooting was at the Acropolis and I took those iconic shots yeah. of my so and, they are and I started from there. They are. So you were on the bus with them? Yeah. And there was was it true they, they don't sit down on the no, bus? They, 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 all, they just line the bus right up. And they're standing up yep, to not to increase up. their foot stone alarm. Correct. And they, it, it's, it's, an old, it's an old bus, it, get, it does the job mm. and they all just stand there. I've sat at the back, I've sat at the front, I've been on the bus multiple times and mm. um, it's something surreal because mm. you see the bus go past and you're actually on it mm. it's something and what was it like so you're behind the scenes you walk up at the Parthenon there's no one else around it, just the Evzons was there any noise did they just talk the, the wind no just talking the wind. nothing you hear their shoes tapping yep. you hear them they're crunching on the pebbles and that's the weight the souls as they're coming it's everything's all got a meaning everything's everything that happens is all got it's actually it's, it's all symbolic. Yeah. It's amazing. And um, I've been up now multiple times, like I've been invited by the presidential office officially and the Minister for Culture and Sport to get official letters because to shoot that, you need actually official papers to actually be up there with a professional camera, let alone mm-hmm. being up there with the Epsons. And yeah. Sometimes it's surreal. You just hear the wind just swirling around yeah. and come 8 o'clock when you hear the church bells the band starts, mm. the flag starts rising. It's just something else. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, it, words can't describe. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. it's goosebumps stuff. I know. And then we, in the garrison, because they gifted me so many things that are very sentimental for the Ebsons, I felt like part of the family. I was sitting with them having lunch at times and then I could just walk around and just took photos where the actual people make the costumes the shoes have you ever put an Ez on outfit on? no why not? No. you'd look good in it mate you should no. No. I just <laughs> never thought about it is there a criteria to be an Ez on? I'm sure there yeah. is there's a 6.2 yeah you gotta you be have 6 to be, you have to be um, Caucasian you have to be orthodox you have to have no tattoos you um, most of them are educated 
of some sort. They all come, and you can come from anywhere around the world as long as you tick all the boxes. Mm. There are people from Australia, there's people from Ireland, there's people from England. So no tattoos, how do they, no, no, no visual tattoos? No, no tattoos at all. There's no tattoos. What are the, the, do the run to check? or must. <laughs> I don't get that involved, but then, then, then they've got to pass um, six months of training. You've got to pass that training, yeah. and if you pass all the tick all the boxes, you're in. Wow! And um, did you know to have a mustache mm-hmm. as an everyone, you have to do you have to do a hundred hours of service to have a mustache. So these guys so you need to qualify to grow Yeah, you just can't have a mustache to be an Exxon. That only just kicked in the last, what, 10 to 15 years. Prior to that, they never really had mustaches. So if you see an Exxon with a mustache, you know he's done over a hundred hours of standing. Wow. At, at, like at the square or at the presidential... Um, so if he's cleanly shaven, he's a newbie. Newbie, yeah. Wow. He hasn't done his hasn't done his stuff yet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How good's that? And they, like and they grow some point. awesome moustaches too. Yeah. With the with the twirls at the end. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. So you've got a hundred hours of standing time. Yep. To have the honour of growing the moustache. Correct. How good's that? Fuck me. That's the that's things cool. you know, but what are they? And look, how long would they stand in front of the Sydney Square? Thirty minutes, and they. 30 minutes, they stand there, then they do their swap over, and then they come to stand there for another 30 minutes, and then they, they change every hour on the hour. They come down. Okay, so they're there for every 30 minutes? No, every an, hour, hour, an hour, but they every at 30 minutes, they, you know, they do that swap over. They okay. change to get circulation through their... Okay, so they do it on their march. Yeah, yeah. So, look, everything happened with this Evzon exhibition, photos, organically. Nothing was ever... Mm. I was always placed like the Hellenic Club of Sydney actually really started it was the year before that I was staying at the Grand Britannia there were, I had the big long lens the 400 because I was shooting everybody jumping off the cliff in Kithera because mm-hmm. that's what you do when you're on holidays and you're a photographer <laughs> you're taking all your family doing trip assaults <laughs> I took I, I took a photo of us there would have been about oh it's, it's a very great photo it's about 20 kids jumping off the cliff in Githera there and I had the lens and one night it was very late at night and I could see him so I put the 400 on I took all these photos of shadows this that from the Grand Britannia and that next year the Hellenic Club bought the Evsons for the first time in like 10-20 years to Sydney and within a day I was actually their official photographer yeah and then from there that Later that year, the, the next year I was on my Greek Odyssey, and then all of, a, all of a sudden I was just part of the family, and it yeah. all happened organically. Now, in Australia, the Evsons are coming, I'm the first person they call to make yeah. sure that I'm there. How good and is that? Because, um, like, another big support of mine is Greek City Times, whereas I'm one of the, I'm actually a director there for the photography and all that. They've done a lot of support over the time, too. So, you know, it's good. Enedini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a great team. You do. Great city times, great people there as well. We go well around the world. So. Every day we just, it's, the, the numbers just keep on turning up. Like, it's huge. Like, it's, you, no, everything's all good. Life's good. And yeah. it's great to see you boys here. 
Well, mate, we can't wait to get you on for a dedicated episode. So before you go overseas for the will happen for the exhibition, this is happening. <laughs> this is going to do one. I think what would be good if you can grab a Nevzon, you and a Nevzon, we're going to the distillery. We're going to kick back with some Uzo and we're going to tell some stories. Definitely. Look, um, there is one or two that we. I've got in mind here in Australia, but I've just got to get them over the line because they're the Greek to English is not the best. Yeah. They're still, sure. they're just embarrassed after embarrassed. But no, definitely, hundred yeah. percent. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so definitely. Thank Bubble. you very much, Look, boys, mate, for having me on. The people you bump into, Tom. Eh? I know, right? Sitting it's in someone's usually. backyard and Nick Porto pops up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> definitely not the first time I've turned up to an Uzo talk session. Like Angelo said. This time I'll take a photo of myself to the session. Wherever you go, like Angelo said, my tactic is anti Yeah. Just run out like a fart. That's it. Good on you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Well, I reckon it's time for us to have a few drinks and maybe have something to eat. What do you reckon? I think so. We need to be need part to, of this. Exactly. The, the crowds have doubled. Uh, all the lambs have come off the, the spit now. Everyone's uh, standing around holding a, a, a cup of beer and eating food with their fingers. We're missing out now. I know. We need to join in. I think so as well. And look, it's been an absolute pleasure this season, Nick. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this together. It's been unbelievable. Tom... In, not in my wildest imagination, I would imagine what we would have ended up doing and where we're at and the people we've met, the things we've done. I love you, mate. You're like my brother now. Mate, you're, you're, you're yeah. hanging off the hip. And uh, look, I can't wait for season two. Mate, it's been an amazing ride, amazing journey we've had. There's a lot to come. We've, we've smashed a few bottles of Uzo and Cipro along the way, which has been enjoyable immensely. Yeah. But uh, I can't wait to really get in season two, bigger and better. Absolutely. And look, we're probably going to take a few weeks off before we get into season two properly. We've got a few guests lined up, some awesome shows coming up for next year. Comedians, actors, writers poets whatever you want to call it there's a whole bunch of stuff happening we cannot wait to come into season two thank you for everyone out there who's been supporting us been listening in we love the way you guys write in and your comments uh it seems like we're on a good thing so keep it up uh we'll try and read out some of the comments when we get them i know we've been a bit slack lately but uh look we appreciate all you guys for your support out there and, and tom look I just, i'm looking forward to season two mate. it's been an amazing season one we're only going to get bigger and better from here uzo talk at outlook.com is the email follow us at uzo talk on most social media platforms and at uzo underscore talk on instagram nick athanasiu thank you very much for the last time in season one tom scalarikas thank you my buddy it's been awesome thank you everyone yamas see you next year Ακολουθήστε μας στο Soundees, στο Spotify, στο Apple Podcasts και στο Google Podcasts.